Chair Shop Podcast is back and we are post-Halloween. No more spooky talk. No more scariness. Alright. <laughs> 2017 is now a happy time and nothing scary is happening at all. Um, that's my official ruling on things. Um, and to celebrate the um, not, not quite festive season, but sort of the, the cold, um, uh, you know, wrapped up season that is November. I'm joined by my ever-dependable co-host, first of all, Mr. Joe Towner. Hi there, Barry. Joe is uh, still dealing with, you know, moving and all that, so he's coming to us live via an internal mic. Uh, live from the studio apartment. Well, he, sounded too he gets to say that now. Yeah, he gets to say that. And we're all, you know, we're, I, I guess I technically get to say that. Not actually uh, a studio, I've got a separate bedroom, but, you know. Yeah, me too. But you know, you know, we're working, brother. We're working. You know, the Marks don't need to know everything. Um, and also rounding out the team, pressing the buttons as well, is uh, Mr. Paul Griffin. Yeah, live from the bed with no pants on. Oh no! I have undies on. That, that's gonna go mad oh. here. I, I I was a bit confused by the the definition of pants there. You know. Oh, I don't have me trousers on. How about that? Your trousers. Um, well, what about me trackies? I don't know why. <laughs> I'm, uh, oh, and I didn't introduce myself. I'm Barry Murphy, you know. I do, I, 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 you know, I do the show and that. Um, so, uh, we're back. We have a load of stuff to talk about. Uh, before, I won't even tease it. We'll just jump into life golf and we'll go through things as they come. I opened the show by uh, referencing that we are now post Halloween. Uh, one of my most beloved times of year. Um, it's all all over for another year. Uh, what did you lads get up to? Because I'll be honest, I had a, a, a an extremely uneventful Halloween. What about you two? What you get up to? Ooh, absolutely fuck all, baby. Okay. Did you did you wear a hilarious outfit while getting up to fuck all? Nope. I had some sweets. I hope. So. Okay. Um, if you want an idea for next year, if you're also planning to do fuck all, right, yeah. you could yeah. uh, sort of uh, grow your hair out, right, slick it back, okay, yeah. um, uh, study some episodes of Friends, get a feel for Ross Geller's um, attire, right, and then do fuck all, right, and take a photo of yourself doing fuck all and say, I'm Ross if Friends was still running today because you'd see he'd be doing fuck all because everyone else would have abandoned him. I was going to suggest. I was going to suggest if you want to do fuck all next year, get yourself a Brock Lesnar costume. I've had a puppet. I've had a puppet Ross. You've had a puppet Brock Lesnar. All right. Which one of us is going to get bitten worse in the ass by that? (laughs) Well, I think I could take him. To be honest, you know, (laughs) I I don't know about your chances with Brock. I mean, you know. I, 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 first of all, I, I was, I was, actually, I was gonna, he weighs way more than you, now that I think about it. I, he would have to do some serious weight cutting to, to get into your division, so I think you're safe. Or I would just have to continue on the way I am by next Halloween. Easy yeah, peasy. He, he, also, he also continues to get bigger, to be fair. Mm. Uh, yeah, so Joe did fuck all. Paul, did you do, any, did you do anything? I uh, watched the footy. In right. costume, though, because I did put a costume on. What did you wear? I was dressed up as Finn from Adventure Time. Oh yeah! Oh yes, I saw this. You yeah, saw the that picture. was lovely. Yeah, and and that was um, Bubblegum. Princess Bubblegum. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, I did see that. That was nice. That was a good look. And she made she made that hat for me. That wasn't bought in a shop. That was 
Uh, yeah, I, I recall the picture. It did look like you know you guys had had put some effort in. I I yeah. I went the cheap route and I bought like a epoxy outfit. Um, it looked like you guys put a lot of effort in. That was cool. Yeah, but only to sit around and watch the football and give sweets to children who knocked at the well, door. Well, still, that's that's fun. You know, it's nice to be dressed up when they come knocking on the door. It was. Yeah. I still have the hat around. Um, Proper little suburban family man, Paul Griffin. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Um, because I originally had my Batman costume from last year, which I think I mentioned last week. Uh, spent the entirety of Halloween Eve uh, looking for that. Through all my drawers, up in the attic. Cannot find any sign of it. So I said, well, I have no costume now. She said, I'll make you a Finn hat. I don't have the right colored shirt, but I had my BMO shirt on. That was, you know, next best. There'll be BMO as well a bit. Yeah. And then shorts, and that was it. And I was I was Finn, and she was bubblegum, and it was great. And we uh, the way what we did with the sweets is we went into Super Value, and we just bought a load of like Skittles, chocolate buttons, popcorn, um, what else? Haribo. And we 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 had like these plastic gloves, um, and we just filled the gloves with sweets, and we we handed those out. So kids got a little scary hand full of sweets. Oh. Uh, we made we made thirteen of little them. Little nerds. We made thirteen <laughs> of them because a spooky number that, and exactly thirteen kids came. So we had it exactly predicted right. Ooh, thirteen. One moment. But it was good. Yeah, like I like getting the costume. It's been, um, it's a bit. I mean, aside from having the Batman costume last year, which I don't think I even wore on Halloween. Um, it's been a few years since I did the Halloween thing properly, so it was nice to get up in costume and have a bit of crack. What about yourself, Barry? Did you get up to anything on the actual night? Because I know uh, you guys, well, last week you said you were celebrating on the Saturday before or something. Yeah, yeah. The, the actual the actual night I did, fuck all. I did absolutely nothing. Right. Uh, I watched, I think, two episodes of Stranger Things. That was about it. That was the, the peak of my, my spookiness. Uh, the Saturday night was fairly uneventful. I think I, I mentioned on the podcast, you know, we, me and my pals had this big plan to go with all the Mario characters. That fell apart. So I ended up going out with Kira and her friends. It was it was okay. Uh, the, the, I also, you know, originally planned to put a bit of effort into the Mario costume. But again, all the lads were like, no, 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 no. This guy on eBay, he sells them in all the different colors. You just get the red and blue one. We'll get this one, that one, that one. Uh, so I got that. It was a cheap piece of shit. Um, uh, I, I basically got my photo op of me playing the Switch, and then it started to fall apart. Um, but, you know, I went out. Uh, people recognized me, which was a, a huge step up from the last two years. Of course, two years ago, I went as Big Boss from Metal Gear Solid. That was very, very seldom recognized. Um, the year after that, last year, I went as the Punisher, and that was a bit better, but still still pretty sparse. You're... you're I'll be honest, lads, there was an awful lot of explaining who I was those years, and that's always fun and good. Um, everyone loves bas- basically the physical embodiment of explaining a joke, um, uh, which is always good. Um, whereas this year, oh, my God, I was, I, was, I was the king of the castle, so to speak. Um, uh, but yeah, it was all right. You know, it was all right. Nothing, nothing too uh, eventful. So yeah, not much, not, not much for me uh, in terms of Halloween news. Uh, what else we got here at the uh, oh the day before Halloween though mm-hmm. oh wait no sorry this is the week after this was um no yeah this is the following week uh, the most interesting thing I did uh this week was I went to a little establishment you might have heard of it's called the Kentucky Fried Chicken oh okay. ah. 
I, it was uh it was was it the day before ott yes yeah this was this i don't was know last... this was a story so important that i put it on the rundown and not you <laughs> well so i had listen i have my reasons i, I had, had to hear week. about this i had a long week all right i yeah. don't need judgment from you oh, no, 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 no. It's not judgment. or my wife or these damn kids when i need to blow off a bit of steam after work we right? are gonna turn this podcast around and go home back to winnipeg um, so, but I legitimately had the longest fucking week, um, and I, I always joke about it. It's like I feel like OTT weeks. The universe just conspires to make me really earn it and, and earn my, my my Saturday of fun because it was just so long. Uh, in the office, we're prepping for an audit, which is taking place tomorrow. Um, but the majority of the preparations were last week, so everyone was going fucking crazy, and I am. Um, uh, Friday evening traffic is just crazy, so I was like, "Fuck it, I'll walk home." And it's a, it's a good long walk, so I don't I don't feel bad if I if I stop to get something you know a little bad for me on the way home because it's quite a it's quite a trek. I went into KFC. I was like, "Oh, just a, a zinger burger or something like that would go down a treat right now," but I but I saw some promotional materials on the wall, and I was like, "Maybe I maybe maybe a zinger burger wouldn't get it done. Maybe I need the double down." which is this uh, monstrosity they had over in the States a couple of years ago for a limited time only. And now it's over here for a limited time only. I think it's here for, I think actually next week is the last week. I think I can, it's sometime early, early November. It's, uh, it's wrapping up. Um, the double down is two big, thick breasts of chicken, KFC style with, uh, in between them, uh, rashers, bacon, and barbecue sauce and cheese. Yes, friends, it is a burger where the burger is the bun. Um, it's it's just it's just all all you know salty fatty meat. None of the none of the pointless soakage. None of the bread. We're not playing around. We're real you don't men. Want any of that healthy bread stuff in there. And lads, salad. Don't even. Don't even. Not so much as a stray piece of lettuce in between these two. This is just meat personified, okay? So it was very much akin to actually, even though it's like the the gimmick is that it's a burger where where it's all meat instead of bun. Eating it was more akin to eating a kebab at 2 a.m. after you're pissed. Right. Uh, because they hand it to you, or they give it to you in your in your meal on your tray, and it's wrapped in tinfoil like a burrito or a kebab. Because of course, it's not something you can hold in your hand because you don't have a bun. You're just you're literally just holding hunks of chicken, right? Um, so they give it to you to kebab, and you take one big bite, and by the second or third big bite, it is like just a pile of mush. Like what's left is just you're you're struggling to keep it together. There's barbecue sauce everywhere. Um, it is so fucking salty. It is so salty because again, there's no bread. There's no. There's no nothing. It's just two big pieces of chicken with with bacon and and sauce. Um, I didn't hate it. I uh, wouldn't do it again this time or if it came back. But it was it was a very intense, very filling bit of uh, uh, living, if you can call it that. <laughs> um, so I mean, it's fucking shortened my living experience. That's that's one thing I can say. Um, but yeah, I I survived it, and as I said again, 
I was in a bad mood. I wanted the ultimate piece of comfort food, and I, I, I in some ways got it, but I was feeling it for the rest of the evening. Um, so yeah, that was my uh, that was my double down experience. I, I think you can still get that for another while in UK and Ireland KFCs. I'm not sure what the story is internationally, but, uh, mm. but yeah. I guess my biggest question you've kind of answered already, which was how do you actually eat the thing? Because in in the entire time I've kind of been aware of the double down. Uh, I never actually thought through the logistics of how it would actually work because I figure your hands must be, you know, you 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 of all people with the the sticky hand Fanta thing, I can only imagine oh, yeah. how your hands are after a double down. It was no, it was a mess, and I like you look at it and you don't think of it as a messy thing. It's like okay, it's just it's like a burger, you know, you just you just chomp away at it. But it just had kind of misty. I I realized halfway through, I was like, this is just. I looked at what I was holding, and it's just like it's just a clump of unrecognizable. Um, uh, meat, so it is messy, and you are you are eating it like a kebab, where you're trying to keep it half wrapped yeah. because that's that's holding the integrity of it all together. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was you know, like I said, I I did not hate it, but I wouldn't do it again. Yeah, I saw your Facebook post on it. And there was a lot of positive feedback. A lot of people were arguing uh, in favor of the double down. Um, yes, I got a lot of that on on. Twitter, I got a lot of negativity. In general, I would say the feedback was very mixed. I guess we've we finally worked out the the one key difference between Facebook and Twitter. Then uh, salty uh, American gimmick foods. <laughs> That's the. One. Uh, I was I was talking about this with some pals at OTT, and I mentioned that like I am a sucker for the for the gimmicks. I never I don't know if it's even been in Ireland or Limerick, but I've never had the McRib. Have we ever had the McRib over here? Oh, God, I don't know. I don't. I don't think we have. I've, I. I feel like I would remember if we had. We never had that. But I've. Oh, and I always feel stupid because I. I've had the uh, the chicken fries in Burger King, um, which are they're just chicken goujons in the shape of a chip. It's yeah. so fucking stupid. It's like they charge you five quid for four of them with a dip. It's like this is fucking ridiculous but again it's like fucking double down chicken fries mcrib here's this thing that's like comically bad for you or stupid um and they just throw a couple of extra euro on it you know so Adam McRib um, boots. any good uh no tasted like kind of cheap spare rib um like oh, you get a chinese okay. buffet or something just yeah not, uh, that that's actually put me off it because there's nothing I actually hate like there's nothing worse than like cheap shitty kept warm under a light rib you know what mm-hmm. I mean it's like you know it's it, r- nice rib is um is tremendous it's one of the best meats it's it's a little bougie if I'm being honest like going in somewhere nice and ordering a rack of of ribs but it's it's you know it is nice but like <laughs> it's it's one of those foods where I feel like you just can't eat it under a certain fanciness or price thresholds like once you go below a certain price you're, you're just getting god knows what you know in 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 rib shape yeah, yeah. But, apparently uh, the mcrib is uh not a seasonal or not a limited edition sandwich in germany they have it all year round what well, they're they are they are crazy they they are just they're playing by their own rules, you know. Well, that is where Nazis are from. So, oh, make your and that was that, that was and there's, a, there's an extensive chapter about that in Mein Kampf. Uh, <laughs> Mc, you know, Mc Kampf. 
he just talks about the disagreement <laughs> of, of the rib. <laughs> no, if, if he wrote it after he ate a McRib, we'd be called Mind Cramp. Hey! Hey! Hey, that was good. I like that. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, that was my, uh, my, my horrendous uh, food adventure. Uh, and I think that's I think that's it for me for life, Goff. Other than that Halloween, I mean, today I had no, I had another food adventure. I made my own meatball sub. <gasps> I, I I bought <laughs> a sub I just, and I bought meatballs. I, <laughs> I bought I went to Subway and I ate it, and then I said I, I posted a picture pretending it was not. No, I don't know what what got this in my head, but for some reason I decided I wanted to make a meatball sandwich on the way uh, I, at work today. I was like, I need to get something. Eat. I was like, ah, I'm sick of the same old stuff. So I was like, I'm gonna make a meatball sandwich. And I was like, I bought a pack of meatballs with like 12 in it, which is too much, by the way. Um, I bought like you bought a tiny uh, bread. I don't know. I bought like um one of those one of those baguettes you bake in the oven. Oh, baguette. Okay. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, I had a whole, I had a whole baguette. Um, uh, about eight of the meatballs because I couldn't fit all 12 in the roll. Uh. Half, half, half a family portion jar of Dalmio sauce. Um, this is the worst it was pretty bad. I gotta be honest. Um, uh, and and and, but I like I ate it. I finished it. So you know, uh, I didn't let it go to waste. And tomorrow I will probably because I you know I I have sauce left over. I might just have regular old uh, spaghetti bolognese to, and, and that will be the end of my experimentation. Well, I posted a picture over there on uh, twitter.com slash the Barry Lad, which is of course everyone's favorite Twitter. You can see that monstrosity for yourself. I'm looking for it right now. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. What? <laughs> <laughs> It looks, it looks like someone di- diarrhea not to a roll. Excuse me! <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk literal shit about my cooking skills. The guy in bed looks alright. You did well there. Um, the is actually quite nice. Yeah, yeah I don't know about the rest of that <laughs> monstrosity. But, uh... <laughs> so, people, people, were adding, people were adding me going, why is there so much ketchup on it? I was like, it's not ketchup, you fucking animals. Oh my god! How did you eat that without getting it all over your fucking self? Well, I got it all over my hands, to be fair. Yeah, oh. and I had loads of Fanta as well, which. <laughs> and he just had a KFC double down. So. <laughs> god, I've had a great few days. I also had pizza in Dublin, you know. Um, anyway, that's enough out of me and my my experimentation. Uh, any other uh, life guff, uh, Joe? Any non-Halloween life guff? Um, yeah, um, so I'm eating a pizza. Um, so hungry. Um, yeah, just been moving into the flat. Um, kind of moved in properly on Friday. Um, I've been gradually moving my stuff in. Still waiting on a lot of furniture. Because yeah. um, I haven't got a sofa yet. On, that's coming. Bloody Ikea. Yeah. Take forever. Um, yeah, but it's good. It's good. Um was out uh, Saturday as well because it was, of course, uh, bonfire night here. Guy Fawkes night, as it's also called. Oh, oh was it? Oh. Fireworks night. That's the one. Of, that's one of those things like Kwanzaa that we don't have here. Oh, um, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it'd be popular there. Um, 
Um, yeah, anyway, so that was fun. I went to a firework display for the first time in years because you tend to get quite a few. Well, you get fucking loads. There's people everywhere lighting off fireworks. They're mental. It's like the 4th of July, but t- 10 times. Um, yeah, so I went to a local display, which I haven't been to for years. Um, I realised that I'm not, I don't really know how long firework displays last because um, I thought it was going to be like, I don't know, hour or something well it's like 15 minutes isn't it? it's about 15 minutes yeah. yeah i thought oh was that it <laughs> but um it was free so you can't really complain it's the local council that puts it on so yeah um yeah the fireworks were good um enjoyed that and then went to a bonfire party afterwards so yeah lots of fun had um that was good yeah we don't we we have like we have bonfire nights over here but i feel like they're just for the fun of doing a bonfire <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and they're not—they're not any kind of, uh, uh, you know, um, and not any kind of uh, royalist propaganda night. Mm, yeah, no. So yeah, so I'm glad that you're like myself, you know, moving in piece by piece. Major trip to IKEA, which is the most important part. Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you're basically you're basically all I imagine. Uh, and what about you, Paul? Any other non-Halloween-y stuff you wanted to make mention of? Uh, yeah, well, the first thing I want to bring up is that I, my leg is really sore right now. I've got a cut right across my shin because uh, I accidentally walked into the uh, the side of the dishwasher, which was open. I was trying to pass by it to throw some stuff out, and my shin just whacked off, and I got a big scrape across the front of it. It's all stinging me now. Um... But yeah, it was Pet Expo. This is why I wasn't here yesterday, of course. Um, and also because I was catching up on sleep, to be honest. So let me tell you my weekend. Um, Saturday, got up, uh, left the house at about 3pm to go to the OTT show. Had the customary Bunsen, of course. Um, as you do, you know. Uh, got in the queue for OTT. I mean, obviously we're going to talk about OTT later, but... Uh, Really long queue for some reason. Bitterly cold. Um, well, well I, I don't know that it was long. I thought it was shorter than usual. No, the uh, the seating queue for sure was longer because we were around the other side of the barricade, uh, okay. which we're normally not. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so so cold as well. Um, it was very fucking cold. Yeah, yeah. So every second that passed after six o'clock, you know, they, they weren't letting people in. I just getting so mad. Um, because I was cold. <laughs> For the record, everyone, they it, it was like six oh three. It was like five past. They opened the fucking door. Yeah, when it's cold, it feels like half past. True. It it was it, like time was dragging. It was because it was like it felt it wasn't ice cold, like temperature wise, but the wind chill was fucking. Every time the wind blew, it was just awful. So anyway, went to the OTT show. Um, went home. Got home at about, what, half eleven. Then watched the UFC, which was on. Uh, stayed up until about five, watching that. Jeez. Oh, then we were up at eight o'clock to go to the Pet Expo. So I had about three hours sleep. Um, Pet Expo was a mixed bag, I would say. Um, it wasn't as advertised. Uh, they, they advertised that there would be lots of... Um, <laughs> it was actually a pest expo. All the wrestling fans showed up. It was actually a text typo. 
is what it was. Um, <laughs> they, they advertised that there'd be lots of like hamsters, mice, uh, ferrets, guinea pigs, rabbits, uh, dogs, cats, uh, a few like pigs, goats you could pet, llamas, um, snakes, uh, lizards. It was like 95% dog, to be fair. Um, so much of it was dog. And of course, we don't have dogs. So it being about dogs, it was kind of useless to us. Um, we were hoping that it would be a little bit more diverse. Uh, they had two guinea pigs <laughs> in a little box that you really couldn't even go in and pet them. You kind of had to lean over a, a, like a fence. So they're hard to reach. Um, I was expecting like a little pen with like 15 guinea pigs in it and you could like pick them up and pet them and put them down no two tiny guinea pigs in a tiny box in the same pen as like rabbits and you shouldn't do that because rabbits can hurt guinea pigs so they shouldn't be kept together but pet expo didn't care uh, loads and loads of dogs we did um, pet a lot of dogs they had uh, Irish wolfhound the biggest dog in the world we pet one of them they had little furry dogs which I don't remember the name of they had the what's the one that looked that I said looked dirty, but I know isn't dirty, but looks Commodore. 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 That's what it's called. Okay. Um You had your Rottweiler, which I didn't go I didn't go up at the Rottweiler, because it would bite me in the air. Um No it won't you Rottweilers are, are the worst. Um You discriminating fuck. <laughs> Barry, that's how I live my life. If one Rottweiler is bad and attacks people, then they all are. Oh, no. <laughs> also, where's your poppy, mate? <laughs> well, Joe's the only Brit here. Joe, are you wearing a poppy? <laughs> no. Joe's, Joe's tuned out because of my hateful dog remarks. <laughs> Joe's, Joe's observing a minute of silence in remembrance. Um, so he, has to do, he has to do that every time we mention poppies we pet loads of dogs there were no snakes they had two lizards they had one little gecko and they had a, a monitor lizard and they felt like wood I rubbed them and they felt all hard and weird uh, the best bit was we got into they had a little um, like glass box you could get into with budgies and the budgies would like land on your arms land on your head and pick at your shoelaces and that was fun uh, we bought some stuff, bought some like stuff for guinea pig hairs to detangle it and that. But um, yeah, I guess all in all, it was kind of disappointing. Would you agree? What? I mean, dogs are such a big draw, you know. You disagree? That was a, that was disappointing. The expo? No, it was very actually. I made a post on the pet expo page saying how disappointed I was and how unsafe it was that they were keeping the guinea pigs with the rabbits and how I think all of the marketing campaign for it was basically false advertisement. The only other small mammals that were there were the two guinea pigs and like a handful of rabbits. I, I was really, really very disappointed. Like I was hoping to find guinea pig food and even maybe Didn't a little bit any. of hay, some treats. Not a single toy for small animals. No food, no treats, nothing. They should have called it Dog Expo featuring a guinea pig in a box. So angry. Yeah, she wasn't She wasn't the happiest. We did have a good little time, though, petting dogs and getting the, the budgie box. 30 minutes. No, that was all right. 
Um, that is not impressed at all. With <laughs> and also, we had a Burger King on the way home to make up for it. Neither of us were hungry, but we kind of said, you know, okay, we get a Burger King. <laughs> that was all right. Burger King was pretty good. Um, and that was Pet Expo, which, by the way, was out in Swords. So it took us like how it was like Barry going to OTT. It was like an hour forty in each way and out. So we're about three and a half hours traveling. I can I can understand being disappointed then if there was like that much traveling. I I assumed it was just like you know in the city. No, it was out in Swords. It was we had to get a bus into town, and then uh, walk to uh, get the bus from the other place. and then that second bus was again about an hour, so it did take a little while. Um, in funnier news, this is something I haven't even said to to Nat yet. I was at work today, and uh, I was in the queue at the canteen. This is sorry, I'm trying to charge a phone here. Uh, I was in the queue at the canteen, and there's a lad in front of me. Now I'm not one to eavesdrop, or I'm not one to be a peeping tom or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, where's Joe? Is offline by the way? We've lost Joe completely here. Um, we'll he'll, get, he'll he'll be back. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for that and try to get him back. But um, the lad was in front of me in the queue. This guy, I won't say any names, obviously, but this guy was probably in his early fifties. I would say he kind of had a gray hair. It's quite a, like a short, slim man, but with gray hair and like a gray beard, kind of similar to my beard, but gray. Uh, much similar to me. And he had his phone out. Uh, and, like, quite openly had his phone out. He wasn't, like, hiding or anything. And uh, because I was in the queue behind him, the queue was quite long, I was just kind of absentmindedly looking around, kind of, you know, thinking, not, not really paying attention to anything. And um, my eye kind of was cast down for whatever reason, and uh, I looked at his phone. <laughs> and... Uh, he was in, um, I'm trying to figure out how, how do I get Joe back on this way. He was in, um, what's that app called? WhatsApp. He was in a WhatsApp uh, message with someone whose first name I will blank out here and redact, right? Okay. But the second name was just spelled NG. So I don't know, obviously that, that would be like a, like a Taiwanese name or a Thailand name. I um, have no idea, but. I don't know, but the first name was that of a woman, okay? Um, and the messages... I don't remember exactly the the sentences, but I know the words uh, naked, bed, naughty, um, etc., right? And photos on the phone. Oh, no. And it was funny, because I, I obviously, the moment I realized what I was kind of looking at, I made, like, oh, look look away, you know, because he, he then started looking around to see if anyone was looking at him. And I just kind of kept looking at him, and he was, uh, after he went, he, he got his food or whatever, but then he went over and stood by the toast machine for, like, ten minutes, just on his phone, um, texting away. So well, I, you know. I figured that he's, he must be he's, a, he's, 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 he's working on his plans for the evening. Uh, evidently he's working on his plans for the evening I, I got the feeling there was a little mistress deal going on very very but what was surprising about it was just his kind of his kind of blasé openness about like he made no effort at all to 
be you know discreet about it. I guess he also didn't assume that <laughs> nosy fuckers like me yeah, keep hiding me. Here, Paul, have a little snoop. <laughs> you then then he should have <laughs> had a little peep at his phone. I should have made a little woo noise out of him. <laughs> Embarrassed him there in front of everyone. Or you could or you could have blackmailed him. You know. Could have done that as well. Could have got some money out of him. Yeah, just thought that was interesting. Like I've never seen something like that before, where someone's so kind of obvious. I, obviously, I don't know this man's. So I didn't. I didn't take a look at his left hand to see if he had a wedding ring on or anything. But it did. It, it did seem kind of weird that it was just in this like WhatsApp text, dirty text at work. You know, Oh, disgraceful stuff. <laughs> friend of mine you know Yago yeah he's a technician and um he works in the room basically by himself because he maintains the servers on yeah. the place that he's in and there were two other guys who changed shifts for a week and they were working with him in the room and he literally said there was a guy one of the guys were straight up watching porn at work <laughs> And then I told him, isn't that like some kind of violation? Couldn't you like report <laughs> this guy or something like that? And he was literally like, if I report him, I'm going to lose my job, not him. Because they're going to pretty much make my life a living hell to a point that if I don't resign, they will fire me. Mm. So imagine if you have to sit at work with this guy just openly watching porn, making no like... No attempts to even hide it, like literally opening. Oh, open oh, there was people, porn. there was people in Bunsen watching porn when we were there. Really? Yeah, did you not see it? <laughs> Bunsen is like always so busy. There's no way you can even attempt. There to was. Hide it. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. There was two guys um, sitting at the table directly next to us on my left hand side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those guys. Um, and they had they, they had one of the, one of the guys had his phone out and was showing something to to the other guy, but the problem was. That his phone was directly behind his water bottle. Or, you know, the way that Bunsen to give you a big glass water bottle. And that just, to me, from my seat, magnified what was on the phone. Woman, woman giving a blowjob, so it was. Um, <laughs> so, what is it with people, dirty people, f- whacking it at work, getting a boner in Bunsen? <sighs> dirty text on the phone. Why is the world coming to? Uh, well, the dirty text, at the very least, is just text, you know. Yeah. Well, it might lead to something a little bit more unscrupulous. Um, well, the, the, the idea is that you wouldn't hang around over his shoulder for an, an extended well, period of time. Well, you know? I couldn't with my huge erection. I was going <laughs> <laughs> to... have to clean up all the cum after a while, you know. So. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway... Uh, we got a fucking load of stuff to get to. That's not this. So let's uh, we'll we'll jog on here. Uh, I see you have no telling off. I also have no telling off. I'm actually a few weeks behind and everything, so we'll give that now. Skip. Uh, we'll go on to the game guff. I finished both Mario and Wolfenstein Two this Ooh. week. Hello. Um. I actually kind of gave a little bit of priority to Wolfenstein because people were just talking about how crazy that game is and I did not want any spoilers at all. So I, I powered through that. Uh, it's really tremendous. It is really crazy. It is really off the wall. Uh, it's it's one of my favorite games of the year. It was, it, was, it was poignant. It was funny. It was surreal. It was kind of like, you know, it was fantastical with also a little bit of true to modern lifeness about it. 
really, really great. And and, and a rock solid first person shooter as well. Just running around being a maniac, dual wielding shotguns, blowing up Nazis. It was a, it was a great time. You know, true true to my life. Um, and uh, then yesterday, no, uh, yeah, yesterday, uh, I beat Mario Odyssey. Beat in the sense that I um, I got to the end credits. Uh, obviously, to get to the end credits, it does not take that many of the uh, the moons, the power moons. Hmm. Uh, you pass by an awful lot of them. So I knew when I was playing the last level, I was like, okay, there's going to be more to go back to. And then once you get to the end credits, they straight up add more stuff to the to the world, and they unlock some new places you can go after that, which I will not spoil, obviously. But it's definitely going to be a game I'm going to keep playing. I, I put about 20 hours into just the campaign, i.e. getting to the ending, but there's got to be like at least twice as much still to do uh, it's tremendous. It's one of my favorite games ever. I think oh, I think I'd already confidently say that. It's so fun. Everything about it. There's not. There's nothing I, I would disprove of. Um, and yeah, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I took time off when it came out. And I'm glad. I'm glad it's on the Switch. I played it on the train on the way up to OTT. I had a great time with it. I didn't even notice the train journey. Uh, yeah, it was. It was fantastic. So, uh, so two thumbs up there for that. And uh, those were all my games. So, uh, so what about you, Paul? Oh, well, I have a few thumbs down to give, unfortunately. Oh, Not no. so many thumbs up. Um, I took uh, a dip, dipped the old toe into the career mode of WWE 2K18. Um, ooh. Um, I don't think I've enjoyed, <laughs> I've enjoyed a game less in, in years and years and years. Um, <laughs> It's it's so so stupid and so badly designed. Um, let me give you a little, a brief introduction into into my little experience. So I probably played this for a good hour and a half, right? So you start off um, as your character. You essentially make your character with very very limited creative options. You essentially choose one of like eight or twelve templates. That's your wrestler. Give him a name and that. Uh, and essentially, the story is that you're brought in as a uh, like an indie darling, basically. Oh, they they actually do that. Oh, my yeah, God. yeah, yeah, yeah. They begin to go. Listen, I know what you did elsewhere, but this is WWE. This is the next level. And blah blah. blah. <laughs> and you're in, you start off. You're in the performance center, and you can go around to like there's a few wrestlers. Like it's basically played as a third person <laughs> adventure game. You walk. You're walking around the performance center, speaking to wrestlers. And every single wrestler just has a generic, you know, person. It's not based on their personality at all. What they say is just a generic, um, I'm the superstar here, so you better build up your <laughs> your reputation. And just, just completely pointless platitudes to the point, to the I, point I, I, where... That's, that's, uh, that's Oscar. <laughs> to the point where after four... Four conversations. I'm just like, okay, I don't. I'm. Not, there's no point for me to speak to these people. There's like no, 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 nothing you get from speaking to the the other wrestlers apart from wasting your own time. Um, so I just go immediately to like Map Bloom to give you know give you my objective and you do a little thing. You learn how to do certain things. You then move on to NXT and you're walking around backstage uh, talking to wrestlers again. Uh, the whole backstage thing I feel like could could be made so interesting, but the fact that it's so little effort was put into it just makes it like a bore and a chore. Um, 
uh, anyway, you go you go up to the gorilla position and you you essentially look at the uh, the match board to see like what are you doing today, and you can choose from like cut a promo, interfere in a match, or have a match. So since okay. cutting a promo is not fun and interfering in the match is not fun, I just ha- I just have a match every time because that's the most like that's the strongest aspect of WWE Two K eighteen is actually playing the game. Um, the promo system is so so dumb, where it's like. You have to keep the tone of the promo consistent to get like good points, like to get more points, basically. <laughs> even though they don't. Even though they don't, <laughs> and uh, if you like, even if you think uh, one of the like, it basically gives you like like Mass Effect or like you know Fall or anything like that. It gives you like different conversation options, and regardless if you if you think like, oh, that would be a good one to, direction to take the promo in. It's like, well, no, you started the promo off like angry at the fans, so you have to just. Choose the five be angry at the fan options. And I'm like, this isn't a fun. There's like, there's no mini game aspect to it. There's no like the crowd level going up, going down. It's just you have a bar that you you choose the option and it goes, oh, plus 200. And it goes, it's like, this is so, so pointless. Um, so anyway, you go in, you have your match. That's actually fine. And then it doesn't like move to the next week, right? It puts you backstage again. And it's like, walk to the car park and speak to the attendant to end the week. So it just puts on this like extra minute minute and a half of completely horrible pointless gameplay where your character slowly walks backstage to a, a generic man in a WWE suit and you speak to him and he goes, your car's ready. And then, and, then, and then it goes, okay, next week. It's like, well, that would be fine if there was stuff to do backstage, which there isn't. So it's, and not only that, but every time you do speak to somebody, the conversation always ends with like this this six second mini cutscene where the characters keep like their mouths keep moving, but there's no text on the screen anymore. And every time you speak to someone, you have that extra six seconds at the end. It's like a little loading screen. It's so annoying. There's no voice acting in it. Everything is just text on the screen, which makes it feel super old. Um, I mean, it's not like they couldn't get Matt Bloom to do like four lines of voiceover for God's sake. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also the, although everything like they have so many people on the roster and so on and so forth, right? NXT, the the TV show, is inexplicably, um, under the reign of uh, a made up authority figure called Baron Blade, not William Regal. <laughs> so it's always like, oh yeah, you got your thing coming up. You better go speak to Baron Blade. I'm like, what? And he's like. What? Baron Blade, I, I I would recommend you guys to look up like WWE 2K18, uh, Baron Blade, B A W R O N Blade, B L A D E. He looks like the most comical, create a wrestler with like tattoo designs shaved into his head and two earrings and like the Joker's face it is so so horrendous. Um. Yeah, oh my it's, God. it is. What on earth? It's so stupid. Um, sorry, he's. Oh in, my God! What is this? <laughs> he's 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 in charge of NXT. Um, and my, it looks my, like he runs a bad a bad indie, and his main adventure is always shake hands and cut promos <laughs> on this business afterwards. Um, he, no, he basically looks like a like a rip off um, Corey Graves. He's like a blonde Corey Graves. Um, As if Corey Graves is even something to, worth aspiring to. <laughs> well, 
Um, so my overall experience of that, you know, it's, it's horrible, basically. Um, so not playing that anymore. Um, I still find the actual gameplay of WWE 2K18, like the, the matches, I find very fun. Like, I do like okay. that. But, uh, yeah, the career mode is is horrible. Um, and the, the creator wrestlers are really good. Like, the, the community this creations. John Cena. <laughs> the community creations are really good. I've downloaded quite a few uh, community options. One thing I super I, I like a lot about it, I was going to say super like, whatever that means, um, is that you can download alternative attires for existing wrestlers in the game. So people on the on the creation suite are making like, you know, AJ Styles, um, you know, Survivor Series costume. You can get his specific attire from Survivor Series. You can get like, obviously the shield are in the game, but not as the shield, but people have made the shield costumes for those characters. You can download it as alternative attire. And as someone who's kind of always loved the creative side of stuff like No Mercy and games like that, that's something that I really enjoy. Um, problem with it though is a lot of the created wrestlers there's like a bug in the game where you can put like you can import logos to put on like ring attire and stuff but when yeah. you download a create wrestler uh for some reason a lot of the logos don't load properly so like i downloaded a really good uh ricochet and a really good prince puma um but then you, when you play with him he doesn't have his tattoo because it didn't load properly so that's a bug that they need to they need to patch um sure it's not it's not being pulled for copyright reasons or does does ricochet have a chris benoit tattoo <laughs> no that's it that's his chris benoit's innocent alternative attire oh, okay um so anyway moving away from wwe for a while uh, i also played a game called the park um okay. which was one of the ga- two games which i bought using the gift card that natty's parents bought for me uh, I spoke. I spoke last week about the game Three Forts Home, which was the the, the driving game. Uh, yeah. The park is more of a straightforward horror walking sim, okay, uh, like psychological horror. It has aspects of it which are super good and which are which are really clever. Uh, and then by the end, it kind of dev- you know devolves into jump scares and and silly things. It also takes a kind of uh, approach to mental health, which I wasn't a huge fan of, just the way they kind of they kind of used it, where they kind of they they almost use that as an excuse for for people who act erratically, which I yeah was not, I know a lot of a lot of horror things kind of use that as a kind of a crutch. I didn't like that. The good thing, what the park basically is, is is you you're with your son. You you play uh, I can't remember the name of the woman in the game, but you you play a woman and you you're you're at a, a theme park with your son. And he forgot his bear in the park. So obviously he wants to go back in and get it. And uh, you know the guy who works on the gate of the park. So he says, yeah, go on in. And it's closed. It's like a nighttime. So you're walking around this this theme park, which is all like empty and eerie. And like the setting of it is actually really cool. Um, and the first ride you get on is this like small, small world kind of ride where you get on like a, a, a floating swan. And you go along on rails through this ride, and on the walls is telling you the story of Hansel and Gretel. And towards the end, it gets kind of more and more twisted, and and then it's kind of like the the mystery of like what's going on in the park that that certain things have not been going right. And then actually, for the most part, I thought I thought it was pretty good. Um, it's also a very short game, like like all games that I loved. Maybe it took me an hour fifteen to beat it. Um, so a mixed bag. I would say some some stuff I like. I think I think it was reviewed quite well. Some stuff I I liked in it a lot, especially some of the 
the little mm. design options with certain uh, rides, especially. Uh, and then some aspects of it I didn't like. The the very end of it as well. Um, mm. uh, the the game ends in the in the obviously the uh, the horror house of the amusement park, right? Um, mm. And that segment just goes on forever. <laughs> like of the hour fifteen, I'd say half an hour is in that so that segment alone. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Uh, and that is the one segment that does suffer from just like having things pop out at you and like jump scare you. Whereas the rest of the game has this like effective eerie tone to it. this like spooky tone going on. So that was actually quite nice. Um, and I pre-ordered today because I only found out that it's out tomorrow. Uh, the Frozen Wilds, the expansion pack for Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Um, which is uh, 17 euro. With PS Plus, mm-hmm. so I uh, since I still had twenty something euro on my gift card, I said, "Yeah, you know, it's my my original plan was to uh, to put that all towards South Park." But I feel mm-hmm. like since I'm still kind of fresh with Horizon, uh, having beaten it, if I don't play the DLC now, I'll probably never get around to it. Especially since I'm kind of planning on playing Super Mario Odyssey, and then other things will come out and blah blah blah. So I said, "You know what? Since I just finished Horizon." I, I'm still kind of in the horizon mood, I guess, so I will get it now and play it now. So I'll put South Park on, on the back burner for another couple of weeks. And uh, Frozen Wild, I will get, uh, well, in, in three hours it unlocks. So I probably won't play any of it tonight, but I'll be playing it over the next few days. Looking forward to that. It's Apparently it's much longer than I thought as well. I thought it would be like a, a six-something hour expansion, but apparently it's like 15 hours. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm gonna squeeze that in just yet. I might I might save that for like over Christmas. If, when I well, that's what I'm doing. Obviously, as I said, I'm doing that with uh, with Mario. So you're playing Mario now. So yeah. if you're playing Mario now and enjoyed Mario, I definitely keep playing Mario if it's that good. Yeah, yeah, I, and, and I find I kind of feel like with Mario and Wolfenstein over, I feel like I'm the I don't know if there's anything else coming out for the remainder of this year that I'm super into. So thankfully, I can kind of use. The next few months and the Christmas break to catch up on a lot of stuff. Um, I'm obviously going to be playing more Mario, and I might actually replay a bit of Wolfenstein because it's got a lot of collectibles and side quests, but uh, tons of stuff to catch up on. I want to. I want to get. To, I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, Hellblade. Uh, Senua's sacrifice. Yeah, that was one thing I considered actually buying. Um, but... heard, I mean, that that you you reminded me of it when you mentioned that previous game because that was one that people were kind of saying had a more interesting and a more well done uh, sort of depiction of mental health issues and stuff like that. It was a, it was a shorter game that people were saying was worth playing. Uh, my so only I, my uh, only problem with that, the only reason I didn't buy that because I was definitely interested in, in picking that up when I bought the park and when I bought um, three four Tom is it, it it is my kind of game. It is very short. It's like thirty euro though. Yeah, and that's for, yeah. for for a short game that that's just too much for me. So I'll wait for that to come out, and that that also seems like the kind of game that next year or the year after might be on a, might be PS Plus. To be fair as well, yeah. Um, Although based on this month, I wouldn't hold my breath for anything no. good on PS Plus. Um, worms or something, isn't it? Worms again, yeah. All right. Um, I mean, yeah, I will get around to playing to playing Hellbent. It was super well reviewed, and it sounds exactly like the kind of thing that I'm into as well. Um. So that is Game Guff. I think we covered everything. That is that is all the video games we have to talk about. We got a bit of movie guff we could do here. Uh, I'll go quick and I'll be I'll go first and be quick rather. It's all the new Thor movie. 
Uh, it's good. Ragnarok. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, yeah, it's probably the best Thor movie so far. Obviously, well, June is like not good at all. Yeah, not not uh, you know, not tough thing to aspire to. No, it's not. But it's 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 like nice to know that hey, they got one that's like actually really pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um, you know, Goldblum's in it, and he is just being Jeff Goldblum. I silly love outfit. Jeff Goldblum. So if you love Jeff Goldblum, oh, if anything, if you yeah. love Jeff Goldblum, you'll be disappointed he's not in this one. <laughs> Do you like silly outfits? Do you like Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. So so he's in this and he's gold blooming it up and that's good. Mm, There's some other new characters yes. who are who are pretty pretty good and, and, and Hemsworth is entertaining. Um it has all it's it's a Marvel film. It has all the other problems, it has all the other boilerplate issues that you might have, but it's still pretty good. Um Kate Blanchett is just chewing up the scenery, being a campy pam, pantomime villain, which is good. You know, you know, she's fun, um, and yeah. So I don't really have too much to say about it. It, it, it is worth uh, seeing. Uh, although, uh, much like Blade Runner with the Harrison Ford thing, they like build up to the Hulk reveal as if it's this thing we don't know is happening. Um, like it was in every trailer. Like it wasn't in the first trailer. Like it wasn't the point of all the marketing that Hulk was in this movie. I was just like, and I, I was thinking of, th- I was saying to myself, I was like, huh, God, yeah, I should just stop watching trailers. But then I was like, I deliberately didn't watch the new Star Wars trailer, but of course that played before this movie. So yeah. it's like, how do you avoid, you can't really avoid the big ones, can you? Literally uh, show up to the cinema 15 minutes after the advertised start time. The advertised start time, yeah. I think that's, I think that is perhaps what I... Be I, one of those twats with their phone out going, w- which row is this? Where's my seat? What's... Uh, 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 yeah. Um, so so that was good. But yeah, other than that, I, I don't have much to say. It was, it was a fun MCU film. So there you go. Hmm. Right, well, I watched two movies this week. Finally returned to the old movies after a while. I did watch uh, The Village, which I said I was going to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really enjoyed that. I, I forgot how many people were in The Village, by the way. Let me give you a quick rundown of the cast of The Village. Because um, I really, I didn't realize so many famous actors were in it. Okay, The Village, a movie with uh, mm. Bryce Dallas Howard. Okay, she plays the main character. Joaquin Phoenix. Adrian Brody, William yep. Hurt, Sigourney Weaver, Brendan right. Gleeson, uh, Michael Pitt from Boardwalk Empire, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, mm. uh, and of course M. Night Shyamalan is in it as like one of the most important characters because he has to be. Is uh, Jesse Eisenberg must have been like a young teenager? He's that. barely, yeah. He, he's in it, and you go, Jesus, that's Jesse Eisenberg, but he's in it for like five minutes. Um. Michael Pitt as well. Like this is mm-hmm. what two thousand and four. So this is this is six years before Borok Empire. Um, Michael Pitt's there, very good in it as well. I think everyone everyone's really good in uh, in the village. It's a movie that I feel like is kind of kind of polarizing. You either you either like the twist or you think it's awful shite. Um, and I actually really like. It. I think Bryce Dallas Howard is super good in it. She she's very uh, sympathetic as the the blind uh, main character and her and Joaquin Phoenix have this kind of awkward childlike romance where it's all like awkward glances and you know shoegazing and so on um, Adrian Brody then I know again mental health coming up again Adrian Brody plays a disabled uh, I think it's Ivy's brother or maybe, maybe they're not even related maybe he's just someone else in the they are related they're, they're different they're not related okay um 
and uh, he kind of c- does something which causes kind of the push of the the plot. I, for one, think um, that the movie is super tense, like effectively tense, until the the twist is revealed. And I think the twist is actually really clever. I'm one of the people who f- would fall on the side of of liking the uh, the two twists, I guess, in the movie, both of them. Um, but I can I can see how someone would 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 watch the movie and kind of get into it in a certain way, and then once you know whatever is revealed, they go, oh well, that kind of ruins the whole fucking movie. But um, but I'm not one of those people. I I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I also watched the Good Dinosaur, which is one of the uh, or was one of the very few Marvel movies. Uh, excuse me, you got me talking about Marvel Pixar movies uh, that I hadn't seen. I think it's I think it's only Cars two and three that I'm missing now. Um, have any of you have you seen the Good Dinosaur, Barry? Uh, I haven't seen that. Gotta and assume, I haven't seen Cars one and two. Gotta assume Jaws hasn't seen it, and or, or three, which is out now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, good dinosaur. I didn't really like. Um, I thought it was pretty bad, to be honest. It's uh, it's definitely much more kiddie than your typical Pixar movie is. I feel like movies like Inside Out and Toy Story and you know Monsters Inc. and so on are are kiddie, but they all have kind of a an intellectualism that an adult can enjoy, you know. Um, like they're all very smart or they're very unique and very innovative. Whereas the good dinosaur is just, it has a very, very like derivative basic story and, uh, it doesn't have a lot of good performances in it. doesn't have a lot of memorable characters in it. Um, it's like, it's like, uh, playing Monopoly and then getting junior Monopoly out and expecting the same experience you get from the, the, the proper Monopoly. Um, so just too kitty, not memorable, uh, weird pacing in it as well. Um, and, and the most, the most basic, um, get out there and conquer your fears story, right? Like the movie opens up with essentially the plot of the, the movie is what if the meteor that wiped out the dinosaurs didn't collide with earth? What if it missed? Like it just went by and that's actually a good idea. You know, you can do a lot with that. Um, so I'm imagining already, you know, little like societies with w- with dinosaurs, and you have the dinosaur going to the bank, and you know, it'd be a funny like Zootopia type deal. Um, no, they're just like they're just dinosaurs, but like they're they're on a farm. They're, they're like farming dinosaurs, um, and they don't really do a lot with it. There's there's really no no point to it being you know what if the dinosaur survives they would just act like they would in a normal dinosaur movie <laughs> you know you can make any movie about dinosaurs and have them do this because there's nothing specific about that idea that they use in any way so you have these farmer dinosaurs and they just may do crops and stuff they don't actually have like cows or anything um or dino cows they just have crops and they have a silo and uh they make their silo and they put their foot in mud and they put it on the side of the silo and they go, that's making your mark. And that's an important thing, apparently, even though nothing else they have has, has marks on it. Just that one silo yeah. they built in a day. Um, and the, the, the little kid wants to make his mark to say, no, no, little dinosaur. You, you got to earn it. You got to do something bigger than you. And then you can make your mark. Which kind of, you would think, right? 
that 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 would lead to the dinosaur going, you know, Mom, Pa, I'm going to go out on my own and I'm going to uh, do something great, and you'll see, and and I'll prove you wrong. And then he goes out on his little adventure and 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 saves the world, right? Uh, no, he falls into a fucking river and by accident, and that's how he gets lost. And that's how he has to make his way home. So the whole motivation of making your mark is not even what leads to the adventure. So the good dinosaur, I would I would just, I wouldn't say it sucked. Um, it was definitely bad. Uh, they do that one thing as well that I'm I'm not a huge fan of. This isn't only something that was you know that this movie was guilty guilty of but other movies where like uh, the the landscapes are all like hyper realistic and then you have these goofy wacky animated characters on top of it that don't look realistic and it's always such a clash like there was one scene where the characters were walking across this like ravine and it looked like a cartoon superimposed on a photograph and that just kind of takes me out of it when I'm watching this. It's like the the opposite of immersive. Um, so I would I would say the bad dinosaur. I give it a four out of ten. Give the the village a nine out of ten. Ooh, bad actually. Yeah, I don't know why because I, I had very high expectations for it. And I I thought it had been pretty well received, pretty well reviewed. Uh, but it's not good <laughs> at all. There's a there's a few nice moments in a few nice little. Uh, art choices and a few nice there's like one nice little scene where he meets this caveman boy and he's talking about he, he, he puts some sticks in like mud and draws a circle around it and goes that's that's family because he misses his family mm-hmm. and the little boy puts three sticks down two big sticks and a little stick and draws a circle to signify that's his mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. and then he pushes over the big sticks and buries them under mud and it's very very sad and that's actually the best scene in the whole movie um uh, but that was because the rest of the movie sucked. So, that's all I watched this week. <laughs> one good one, one bad one. Well, sounds like you just, you know, aren't sophisticated enough to appreciate the, um, you know, the depth of a Pixar movie. So. Yeah, well said, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, let me see here. What about you, uh, Joe? What have you seen this week? Um, well, um, as you know, I'm in the new flat. Decided to treat myself to one of these 4K televisions. Ooh, um, hello. Ooh, yeah, so it's pretty big. Um, when it came, the box was so big, I couldn't get it through the door. It was a bit, uh, or maybe I'd gone a little bit too far. But um, no, I've got it all set up. Um, so I've been watching some movies on Netflix, and it's very odd because I watched Fight Club, and in 4K... Uh, movies don't look like movies. They look like documentaries. <laughs> oh, really? It's really weird. It, it's oh. so clear that it looks like you're watching, I don't know, Cash in the Attic or something. <laughs> <laughs> you can literally... It, it doesn't have that kind of sheen or that kind of slightly glossy look that movies have. It just looks like it's been done on a camcorder or something. Right. It's a really weird sensation. So watching Fight Club, it looked like a completely different movie. Well, I had, I had a similar... Um, feeling when I watched if you remember the, the Hobbit movies when they were shown at the cinema they, yeah. they were shown at 48 frames a second so it was all jittery and it was like watching a home video it was very very bizarre Now I, I've not watched anything in 4K so I can't imagine actually did I 
I don't remember. I might watch. I might watch Death Note in four K. But yeah, it's kind of weird when when you see a movie and it's all all wacky like that. And you watched which movies did you watch? Fight Club and then Interstellar. Um, oh, Interstellar must have been great. Oh yeah. Oh the the. You know the scene when they're on like the ocean planet, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Oh my god. Was it? Oh my god! It looks mental. Was it like that? Um, like nineteen ten movie where the people are watching the train come at the screen and they're all running away. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> was Joe's, a... Joe's just like, oh, he's in space. I get it. Oh, that didn't come across the first time. Oh, it's Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> so how are the movies anyway Club's still good yeah and of course you got your little fella there Casey Affleck who looks just like Paul Griffin even more so in 4K <laughs> wait. Ah! wait a second <laughs> you, know, you know who looks a bit like a, a sexier Paul Griffin if I'm being honest well, hang on a second if if that's even possible, hmm. uh, David Starr. David Starr. Let me look. I mean, I've seen David Starr live. Let me look. You've seen David Starr in person, you. <laughs> I have. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Oh, you look a bit like him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a bit chiselled, you know. Oh yeah, well, unlike me. <laughs> I'm I'm chiselled in the way that uh, the sea chisels a nice round rock. <laughs> Okay. Uh, onwards to the uh, e- emails. There's a similarity. I'll see it. Uh, let me see. Here, I got a couple of emails. We got one from Scott here. After TLC, I started to wonder if fans who thought that Roman Reigns could be the new Undertaker had it wrong. On to the Undertaker. We've seen two different people outright try and kill him, and he keeps coming back from almost certain death to get vengeance on those that nearly killed him. They're going to bury him alive next, throw him off the top of the Joe Lewis, blow up his car. Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think I think they, you know, lest we forget. I mean, I see your point, Scott, but they also just love doing car shit with people. You know, they just love crashing people into cars, throwing them into the back of trucks, crushing them. So uh, I don't know. I think Broad's better, better, uh, a better heir apparent to Undertaker than than Roman, though. Um, he has a, a a faux supernatural quality about him. The way he pops out of the back of vehicles every now and then and, and shouts. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Up next, Scott says, "Is Jericho versus Omega the last item on Jericho's bucket list? Is Jericho too far past his prime to put on the match that people think they are going to get, or uh, or is going to play the wily veteran to Omega's upstart uh, athletics?" Uh, I think that match will probably be pretty good. Jericho is pushing on. He has obviously not delivered super well in the ring in WWE, but I think Omega is an extremely smart guy. Like Jericho is an extremely smart guy. I think they will do a match that uh, will not disappoint people. I I, I think we'll. I guess we could probably talk about that here. Obviously, the big announcement uh, at uh, the New Japan show um, yesterday was it Sunday, I believe. Um, but uh, the big announcement that Jericho is is there in some capacity. I don't know what time, uh, what kind of commitment he he has, or, or how long he will be there. But he is facing Kenny Omega at the uh, at the Tokyo Dome on January fourth, um, following on their various uh, Twitter spats and, and and things of that nature, which were obviously a work to begin with. Um, so I 
I think that match would be great. I think it's obvious, obviously a good move for New Japan with their with their sights set on U.S. Um, uh, you know, conquering the U.S. in some way. Um, I think that would be a good match, and, and and I think it'll be it'll be a different kind of match. I, I think part of why Jericho kind of disappointed in WWE lately is that he I think he was trying to have a great AJ Styles Kevin Owens match, and and those matches just didn't click because he's he's just not their age or their ability anymore. Uh, but I I have a lot of faith in Omega. I think they will they will have a I think they, I think they're going to have a thinking man's pro wrestling match to be honest, and I think it'll probably be a, a whole lot of fun. And I, I wouldn't consider myself president of the uh, of the Jericho fan club lately, but I, I'm I'm confident that match will probably deliver. Uh, what about you two guys? What do you uh, what do you what do you reckon of that match? Uh, I think it's very exciting. Yeah, I mean, I saw that we were um, at the Pet Expo when I first became aware of it. I saw just a photo of Jericho with the the picture of Kevin Omega. I was like, what? It's kind of one of those things that comes along every so often and just just catches you off guard, you know. The Ultimate Warrior is dead, and Chris Jericho is on New Japan. Um, it's crazy. I mean, it's, I think it's very good for for New Japan in terms of kind of a a star of of that magnitude of the order of Chris Jericho. Um, I think it's also good for Jericho. I mean, he's a free agent. He can kind of do as he pleases, right? Um, and I'm not even sure that it's it's necessarily bad for WWE. I kind of feel like it's a, a win-win all around. Um, Jericho, ultimately, <laughs> as, as good as he is at kind of reinventing himself every time he starts to kind of go stale, you do kind of start to think, like, what more can he kind of achieve realistically in WWE? Mm. Um, so I feel like this is kind of like the next evolution in that whole Jericho thing is yeah go to New Japan for a while have a few matches there become a, a bigger deal and then maybe when he comes back to WWE he'll have a new kind of slant on it again where he uh, he can be you know the 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 big the big star that he kind of was that, that he kind of hasn't been to be fair the last few times he's come back you know he can maybe have a bit, of, a bit more cachet So yeah, we will. Uh, time will tell. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, t- I'm kind of more curious about how, like, what kind of deal he has with them. You know what I mean? Um, well, I'm sure he can negotiate uh, whether it's a just a one and done deal or, you know. He always said he'd only ever work for WWE, which was a, a lie. What a worker! Uh, but I, I think I always thought that was a stupid commitment to make anyway. Because I think part of the problem is also just the people have kind of. I, I, going to a different promotion, especially these days, where there's so many different places you can go, um, I, I think we need to get back into that idea of cycling people around and and, and people leaving and freshening up. And to be fair, there. I think when he said his for the, his only work for WWE thing, I think that was more in reference to something like TNA, uh, like like a, like a direct yeah. competition in the US. Well, I I think I think New Japan wants to be direct competition. I mean, I think they they do want to. I mean, they are the number two, but I mean, I, nobody, I don't think anyone calls TNA the number two anymore. I mean, just being realistic about it. Uh, Barry, are, let me ask you a question. When did you either remember or find out that Bound for Glory was last night? I know some people I follow on Twitter were like, this show could be good. And I saw some of the matches on paper and I was like, you're right, it could be. So I did know 
But to be fair, I do think it was like Saturday, so a day beforehand. Yeah, I already found out today that it was yesterday. I was like, "Oh, yes, what so, something happened to Bad for Glory? Well, when was that?" Oh. So time and plus and plus that show was fifty quid on pay per view in the states. You know, so, uh, <laughs> I feel like so, the Jericho uh, thing though would be different if he was you know main eventing against Omega at a show in like like the shows they did there this this past year. You know, um, yeah, that I mean, that's they did announce another one of those. By the way, they're doing. Um, March is it? I can't remember. They announced another one for 2018, anyway, and and that's that's probably going to be um, uh, that's probably going to be a, the big interesting question. But yeah, also to be fair, we referenced TNA there. I think you are right. I think he said in his, you know, he said it in interviews since. But I think he said it in his book that he he would never work for anyone other than, than WWE. Obviously, he 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 told WWE he was thinking of doing TNA in 2007, but that was to get himself more money. Um, uh, but um, but yeah, I, I think you know. We do need to get back into that cycle of dudes going elsewhere and freshening up. I mean, I was begging for Dolph Ziggler to lose that career match last year because mm. um, he, he could he could sorely do with getting himself on some European indies. You know, reminding people that he can he can be good. You know, maybe sign a Ring of Honor, do some stuff there. You know, maybe do Japan. I think he could maybe do that. Just this he, the idea of him just going around in circles for ten more years in WWE is just so pointless to me. And I think Jericho is a good example of that. He's had his comebacks. He's changed his gimmicks a little bit here or there. But uh, other than the Kevin Owens stuff, I don't think he's really brought the goods in a while. But the, uh, the Kevin Owens stuff was great, though, to be fair. Yeah. So uh, you know he's uh, at an interesting point in his career. Uh, one more mail here before I pass it over to you guys from Michelle. She says, "What's your morning?" When my alarm goes off, I check my emails, then Insta, then Snapchat, then the New York Times, then Twitter. <laughs> uh, I'd rather get surprised by news by a news source before reading the Internet's hot takes. Uh, I mean, is, you, is your question just about, like, social media routine? Because my alarm goes off. I, I, I set my alarm pretty late, so I don't have time for dilly-dallying. I like to get as much sleep as possible. So I set it, I set it pretty late, so I literally just jump out of bed straight away. Uh, make you know cereal or waffles or whatever I have um, uh, available. Waffles, mm-hmm. yeah, you know the, the you know the, the Yank waffles I'm talking about. Obviously, not not, not good old fashioned yeah, no, potato. Where's that potato waffles? Potato waffles are a dinner, not a breakfast. Obviously, um, uh, so and and you know I I I boil my tea and and while the tea is boiling and the waffles are toasting, uh, I make my my sandwiches for for my lunch. And then I, I pop them in my little satchel. Uh, and then once the tea is boiled and the, the waffles are ready, I have, you know, about 10, 15 minutes where I sit down and eat them where I do check the old internet. Uh, I'll be honest, I go, I go, I, <laughs> I should do what Michelle does and read the news first. Instead, I, I log on and see what everyone's melting down about today. And I try and decipher the news in reverse. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, which is always a fun way of doing things, and uh, yeah, and then I and then I walk to the bus stop, usually listening to a podcast. And when I'm on the bus, I will either keep the podcast going, or I will uh, bust out that old Nintendo Switch, which I bring to work every single day. And since Mario came out, I've been playing Mario almost every day on the bus and at my lunch breaks. Uh, so, so yeah, that's my that's my morning routine. What about you, lads? Um, I get ready even quicker, to be honest. Clothes on, brush teeth, outdoor. Yeah, I have breakfast at uh, work. So yeah, yeah, get, yeah, get in, yeah. get some toast. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. 
yeah, so I just get, yeah, I, I, I'm one of those people, one of those people, <laughs> I'm one of those people who have a shower at night, not in the morning. Yeah, same. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. yeah, I, I start work at 8 a.m., so I set my alarm for, like, 7.20. Ooh, nice. And uh, I have, like, let's say, 15 minutes to get up and get at the front door, um, and then I will walk ten minutes and take the shuttle the rest of the way. And I, I normally arrive at work at about seven, between seven fifty and seven fifty-five. Uh, and normally, when I'm on the bus or on my way, yeah, I'll have the phone out and have a little peep, peep, peep on Twitter, see whether Ultima Warrior is dead or not. <laughs> hey, he's still dead. Because I found out, I found that out on the way to work <laughs> one morning. Uh, actually, because I saw it on your Twitter, Barry. Yeah. Um, that'd be more or less it for me nothing else then I get to work then I do my work then I go home watch I don't watch uh, as much TV at work as I used to though that used to be a long running oh that's good of you long running gag yeah <laughs> I used to watch like Raw in its entirety at work don't have time for that anymore I'm afraid I can't even uh, check Twitter while I shit at work <laughs> <laughs> no let me tell you my pooping routine um Whenever I oh, whenever I go for a, uh, I uh, I always play Hearts on my phone. He plays Hearts oh. while he does Hearts in the toilet bowl. Hearts, you anyway. know Hearts, like on like on a okay. PC, the card game. Why are you playing that? There's so many new games. Because I'm like addicted to it. Because it's because it's playing <laughs> Yeah. Play some of that Clash Royale. Nah, I don't want to that. Just play Hearts all the time. Hearts is great. And I'm really good at it as well. So. Any of you lads have emails? Uh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have yours open, Joe? Uh, yeah, it's actually uh, shielding. Um, first email is from Michelle Escobar. She says, subject, Despacito. Uh, Hi, Joe. Do you still like the hottest song of the year, Despacito? Or are you completely over it and ready for the next big hit? Well, Michelle, thank you. That's a great question. Um, I do still like the hottest song of the year, Despacito. Um, but on, in, in a way, I'm also ready for the next big hit. Um, not sure if we're going to get another one this year that big. Might have to wait till next summer. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm ready. My body is ready. I still like Despacito, even though me and Kira were in Spain when that song was popular. And let me tell you, they played the fucking shit out of that song in Spain when it first came out. Mm, we, like yeah. the first, the first, the first restaurant, we, the first kind of bar we went to to have lunch when we got off the plane. I think in, in the course it took us to eat our toasted sandwiches. We heard that song five times. <laughs> uh, it was ridiculous, but um, yeah. I'm yeah. not even sure. This is gonna make me sound very uncool, or like I'm oh, like I'm saying to make a joke. What Despacito is? I know what it is. I don't know how it goes. Do you know that song Despacito? It's all in Spanish. Is it any good? Is it? No, Natty is. <laughs> she gave me an unimpressed shrug. So. I'll check it. Well, to give you to give you a clue of how fucking behind the time I am, I just the other day got that um, Gautier album with uh, <laughs> someone that I used to know on it. Yeah. Oh, that's five years old. Six. Six. Also, oh. your your man has done fuck all since it came out. I know, but I don't listen to his news. I got that album specifically, the one with that song on it. That's a good album. Someone that, that I used to know. Ah! Oh! Brilliant. 
It's a good song. Album. I don't think the rest of the albums like that one. Is quite. <laughs> do you know what the problem with that song is though? And I've got to tell you something now that'll ruin it for you. Um, at the beginning of that song, there's a little xylophone bit that goes, "Bing, bing, 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 bing." It's exactly to the tune of "Bad, Bad Black Sheep." Yeah. And every time the start song, the song starts, I go, "Bad, Bad Black Sheep, have you any wool? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The bag's full." And then he sings a, a very sad song about like lost. <laughs> Didn't have to cut me out. Anyway, no, I haven't heard Despacito. Uh, Is it good? Okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'll listen to it after this. I think I'll give you my updated Despacito thoughts next week. Yeah. yeah. Despacito. Pasito. Pasito. What did I say? Zito. Ah, come on, it's the same. It is not. Despacito. Ah, Don't correct your girlfriend about. Ay, 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 ay. Anyway. Um. My next email is from Scott McAvoy. He says, subject, holidays and next director. Good evening, Joe. After listening to Paul and Barry talk about all the holidays they get off, have you considered moving to Ireland and finding a job? (laughs) They seem to have a lot lot more time off than you do. Uh, Granted, where I work, we get 10 federal holidays off, so I'm not exactly throwing stones. I get 29 days Um, a year. Is that including bank holidays? Yeah. Oh, that's less than me then. Oh, hello. Oh, look at you turning this around on us then. Scott McAvoy. Yeah, Scott. Well, I, I work for a lovely American company, Scott. They, you know, why don't they look after They look after me. Why don't they look after you guys? <laughs> they come over here and they get their lovely tax break and they give Barry a day off. Yeah, I, I get 33 days a year. With oh. Days. Sick. <laughs> and he's got yeah, a 4K telly. Uh, I got, yeah, and I got the 4K early. Um He continues. Here's a few more classic horror movies that you may enjoy. The Last House on the Left. The Hills Have Eyes. Children of the Corn. Nightwatch. And The Thing. Ah, oh, The Thing's brilliant. Yeah, director, yeah. Maybe John Carpenter or Wes Craven. Uh, well, I have seen The Thing, which is very, very good. Yeah. I do like that movie a lot. The remake was Jade Bibi. Um, I haven't seen any of those others though, so I will I, I'll check those. Out I later. I often thought that Hills of Eyes and Last House and the Left were the same movie. Like I always mix them up for some reason. Yeah. Don't they? The last, put, which is the one the that last, has the little lad, with the little head, the little baldy head lad, <laughs> with the teeth and the eye. That's uh, Hills of Eyes. Hills of Eyes. What's last house? Last house on the left about. Yeah, Hills of Eyes is the little head lad. Is, is he? Do you know who he looks like? Do you remember that old referee? The, Ita- the Italian referee. Oh, uh, no. Pierre Luigi Colina, I think his name was. Oh, I thought you meant wrestling referee. <laughs> oh, no, the <laughs> referee looks exactly like him. Um, <laughs> also, he looks a bit like what I imagined Eric Rowan would look like if he shaved, shaved his beard off. Um, that's the house on the left. 1972. That might be one I need to take a look at. I have no idea what that's about, last house on the left. Um, Scott finishes by saying, here's an odd question. How many emails do you have in your inbox at work? This, this is right up my alley, Scott. I'm very into email management. Um, do you sort emails into different folders or leave them all in your inbox and move them once you are done? Have a great week. Well, Scott, I operate uh, very much on a process called Inbox Zero. 
where I try to keep my email inbox completely empty. Yeah. Uh, apart from emails that I need to uh, action or respond to. So I will deal with an email as soon as possible, then put it into the appropriate folder. Therefore, probably leaving at most 10, 12 emails in my inbox that, that I've read and that I need to deal with. Um, I could not have a messy inbox. I would not know what I was doing. I just have to keep it very clear. Very clear. Um, yeah, so that's me. What about you guys? You, I use Outlook at work. So I have... Yeah. I, I think in my last count, I have some like 270 automatic rules in Outlook that auto-sort my email into folders. Um, oh, nice. uh, so I actually very, very rarely would ever have anything in the actual email inbox folder. It all, it all goes automatically to its proper folder, uh, which means that I make liberal use of the special search folders in Outlook, like unread mail, which is separate from inbox, and yeah. today's mail, which is separate from Mox. Yeah. I also use the little um, task flag to mark emails to do. Uh, and then I spend most of my time not even in the main mail section of Outlook, but in the task section, going through emails um, that I need to get back to, rather than keeping them in a specific folder. But then I give the Outlook training and it works, so I know the insides and outsides of that tool. <laughs> like the back of my hand. Create a new OST file, scan PST, no problem, mate. Do that for you in a minute. Make a new Outlook profile, well, easy peasy, mate. Nice. Add a shared mailbox, you want to go to File, Outlook Settings, Account Settings, Change, More Settings, Advanced Add, and then type the name of the mailbox you want to put into there. But you have to have the access, so you have to be given permissions, which you can do in the Permissions tab, right-clicking on the folder that you want to grant permissions to. <coughs> Thanks for that, Scott. Uh, what's this, Pizito, um, though? No. Um, <laughs> that's my emails. It's you. I've got, I got two as well. Uh, first one is from Michele Escobar. Or it might be pronounced Machetti. I'm not sure. Um, and Machetti says, Hi, Paul. Uh, <laughs> it's from Michelle. Hi, Paul. Last week you talked about the card game Flux. And I'm a huge fan. My friends and I pay flux, play Flux when we get together once a year. Once a year is not enough for Flux, Michelle. We play the Back to the Future version of Flux. Oh, my God. If there's ever a better way to sell this to Joe, there is a Back to the Future version, which is so much fun. I suggest you seek it out. Uh, I, let me look this up right now. Back to the Future Flux. Flux is so, so much fun. We... we uh, we still were playing over the week since I talked about it last time. Oh, I, I just Googled Back to the Future. I forgot to put the Flux uh, thing. I then searched Back to the Future Flux, and it's all pictures of the Flux capacitor. So uh, I finally got there. Flux with two X's is what you need to search. Um, yeah, there is a Back to the Future version. That looks great. Uh, I'm very interested in that. Swap plays for draws. All right, that looks good. Um, I'd be interested in, in, as well in the Adventure Time version. I'd be interested in seeing how how the different editions of Flux kind of vary from each other because I've already seen that it's it's not just the same game with you know Batman Paint on that. The, actually, the games are slightly different from one another. They have different like rule cards and so on. Yeah. Um. So I like the sound of that. I might. I might. I do get paid tomorrow, so I might have a little pee 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 
into the uh, not. I wouldn't. <laughs> I might have a little pee pee. Did I actually just say that? Yeah. Um, what the fuck was that? Edit that bit out where I said that when I meant to say I would peep at, I said that I had a small well, penis. You, you, you um, the editing person. Ignore the small penis part that I talked about and talk more about when I said I would look at it. Um, so thank you for your email, Michelle. Uh, second email comes from Scott Scott McAvoy. And, oh, uh, a new listener. <laughs> Long time listener, first time emailer. He says, uh, subject, board games and TLC. Uh, good evening, Paul. Your discussion of board slash card games last week. So both people are emailing me about Flux. Uh, made me think of a game that, that you might want to look into. Have you heard of a game called Nightmare Chess? Uh, I haven't. He says, I'm not a huge guy at playing chess. Uh, if I were to play it, I would be. Am I right, Barry? Um... But Nightmare Chess <laughs> combines cards that change the rules of the game with regular chess, which really levels the playing field for different level players. My favorite card that really throws the game, uh, excuse me, really throws the game into chaos is the card that tells you to turn the board 90 degrees to one side. That does sound like fun. Um, Scott then says something uh, which I, I don't understand. He says, I have to disagree with you about the Elias Jordan angle from TLC, uh, which, if you recall, is when Jason Jordan threw vegetables at Elias Sampson twice, uh, which I thought sucked. What's he, what's he disagreeing with you with? Well, he said, while the angle itself was shoehorned into the pay-per-view, my friends and I were laughing at the segment. That might have been the biggest hunk of broccoli I've ever seen bounce off Elias's <laughs> head. I love to is see. That like, is that like a compliment for Jason? He's the biggest hunk of broccoli I've ever seen. Is that like a, a compliment or? <laughs> I love to see someone like Titus O'Neil become Jason Jordan's manager. He says, "Well, because they're both black." <laughs> no, T- Titus's gimmick is that he's a manager. You racist. <gasps> nah, that'd be pretty good, I suppose. Um, well, it's like I think Titus is actually like kind of funny. Titus is good. I like Titus. And- and, like, I honestly think that it would be better than, A... Kurt Angle the, being his dad. ...single stuff, or, B, the he's a meandering loser in the mid-cards. I actually I actually like Scott's idea. It would play. It would kind of play into the fact that Jordan is like this, uh, to use your word, hunk. Uh, but he's, like, he's kind of... Although he doesn't have necessarily, like, a, a wrestler... Well, he has a little bit of a wrestler gimmick, but not so much like a, like a football star gimmick. But he has that kind of up-and-coming... Jock stood. The only, you know, the, the, the only problem I have, I, I think Scott's idea is good, but they don't really they they don't really treat Titus's guys as um like stars. They're all, like it's you know they do it on two or five lives. Yeah, it's it's Apollo Cruz and and yeah, it's like it's like he 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 manages J Brones. Yeah, and they've kind of they kind of built it up as like Titus is like kind of a crap manager. Like that's kind of the gimmick. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I think, I think, I think Titus is charismatic. And actually, I think that would be an interesting pairing. I think. Well, I think my, my, my thing about the, them both being black is in reference, of course, to, um, if you remember one of my favorite things, which unfortunately is not around anymore, TNA Mecca, whenever TNA would bring in like <laughs> Moose, they'd always be like, oh, he should team with Lashley. <laughs> Do you remember that? Every no, time. No, I don't, but I believe you. Every time that there would be like, they, they would always talk about bringing in, you know, like uh, Desmond Xavier and so on and so forth. <laughs> so like, oh, he should feud with ACH. <laughs> always, they'd always put the black 
black guys together for no reason. Be fair, be fair. WWE has also like historically constantly put black folks together. Yeah, when you have now uh, Rich Rich Swan and Cedric Alexander as a new team on Raw. Yeah, for like for like no reason. Like there's no other reason other than that they have in common. So it's not like and there was also the time, as I like to reference all the time, where uh, they brought Bubba Ray back to WWE, but not Devon. So they had our truth come out and do uh, Team 3D spots. God. Uh, That's the worst thing I've heard since I used to use Farouk as a Devon toy. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I didn't have a Devon toy, but I wanted to have the Dudley. So my Dudleys—I probably have told the story before. Um, Why did you just do a little Keenan and Kel on it and dunk your Steve Austin in Nutella? Or My Dudleys were uh, Farouk and Mark Miro. <laughs> oh, no, that's awful. Mark Miro, how insulting to Bubba Ray. <laughs> Let me see if I can find the little figures. I'll show you exactly which ones I used. Mark Miro toy. Because he had little red shorts on. Um... Yeah, this one. Oh, God. Looks nothing like him, of course. But, uh. Can I get the link here? It's not loading. Uh. Okay, here's. Uh. The Mark Miro toy uses Bubba Ray. The one on the very far left. Uh. With Marvelous on his hat. Uh. With the red, t- the red shorts. And, uh. That was Bubba. That was Bubba Dudley. Let's see if I can find the Farouk I used now. It was the one with, like. Uh, that that Mark Barrow is very uh, um, it's like a Kurt Angle problematic tan level. <laughs> trying to find the uh, oh here's the here's the Devon here's Devon. You ready for this now? Okay. <laughs> oh no! The, the gear isn't even close. It's just awful. <laughs> that is Nation of Domination Farouk. Also, that looks nothing like Farouk either. Just FYI, I mean, that's just that's just a, a plain face. <laughs> Do you know why why he would work particularly well as well? Because both of his arms, see where his arms are, kind of ninety degree outstretched. He had a lever yeah. on his back that would kind of lift up, which worked perfectly for doing the three D. Oh, okay, that's right. Oh, a little bit of function as well as fashion. Um, Scott finishes off the email with, "Here's your pick one of three for this week." Uh. And it's a little different, a little bit of a different angle here on, on the, the, the three for the week. Sharon Stone, Demi Moore, Michelle Pfeiffer. As always, hope you have a good week, Scott. I mean, it's got to be Sharon Stone, doesn't it, Total Rico? I think so, yeah. Whoa! Hong Kong of the week. We need to bring Wait, are, we, are we picking uh, Body of Work or the Body? Or Body of Work! Oh, oh. <laughs> Well, we need to stay on the right side of, of Weinstein on this one. Um, <laughs> we don't want to be... I don't want to be on any side of Weinstein. Right? Um, more like Harvey Weinerstein. Anyway. Um, Who I'm has sure legitimately had the best uh, filmography? Probably Sharon Stone, to be fair. She was in Total uh, Recall. She and was nothing Stardust. else. That was good. The wrestler. Who? Stardust. <laughs> no, the film. Uh-huh. Stardust. She's in Dangerous Minds with Coolio. Um, Which is Batman is uh, well, Gangsters Paradise is from, of course. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, Sharon Stone's all old now. Oh, oh she's in Scarface. That's, that's good. Is she? Yeah, because... What's Sharon Stone been in? Who are you talking about? Demi Moore or Michelle Pfeiffer? Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Well, she was in Batman as well, Michelle Pfeiffer. She Batman was... Returns. She was a Catwoman, yeah. Did you say that? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, Sharon Stone was in t- t- Total Recall, <laughs> as I said. Uh, she was in Last Action Hero as well. Uh, Basic Instinct. The scene with the hoo-ha. Um, she was in Where Sleeping Dogs Lie. Ah, uh, Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol. Yeah, she's in Basic okay, Instinct yeah. 2. Casino. She did a oh my god! She did a voice in a movie called Basic Insect. Oh god! Which apparently, is a real movie. She was also in Ants. In fairness, um, she was in Casino. She was in Last Action Hero. Don't remember if I said that already. Uh, she was in. In recent years, no, nothing. 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 No. She was in Will and Grace. For an episode. <laughs> Uh, and she was in Roseanne. And then Demi Moore was in G.I. Jane. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Uh, strip. What was that one where she was a stripper? Oh, God. Uh, striptease. Yeah. Uh, she was in uh, G.I. Jane. She was in ooh, Charity's Angels Full Throttle. She was in... A few good men. That's a good movie. She's a good man. Indecent proposal. Ghost. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Sharon Stone based on the fact that she was in uh, a little movie called Total Recall. Um, I'll be honest, all of these look, look shit. Yeah. Um, well, I know. So I said, go, "Get your ass to Mars" in that one. So I think I'm gonna go with Michelle Pfeiffer. No, I'm gonna go 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 Sharon, don't I? Barry? I'll go Sharon as well. Hey. You're not Quaid, I am. No shit. Total Recall is an absolute joy. See you at the party, Victor. Consider that the divorce. And also Sharon Stone is in it. Being our hot. What? What are you pointing at? Your phone? Sorry. Why well, do I have a conversation with you on the podcast? Here you go. <laughs> I forgot Jesus. that I was recording. I just started talking to to Nathy. Um, that's the emails then for the week. Yeah, we'll we'll jump into the wrestling here. Yeah, well, we covered uh, the top story already. Yeah, the the Jericho thing was probably the biggest story of the week. Uh, WWE confirmed the War Games rules. Um, <laughs> I was also one of those people who saw your tweet as being like yeah. one of the first things I found out about it and took that as the rules because I didn't think. <laughs> That might make Barry would lie. All right, if you if you don't if you're one of the imbeciles who doesn't follow me on Twitter, okay? Yeah, boy. At the Barry. PW Insider uh, posted the rules uh, on their site, and what they posted was accurate. Uh, And obviously, if you've never been on that site, it is a horrendous site that looks like it was made. No, it was made in like 1999. It's riddled with ads, and it's horrible. And so and barely anyone like actually goes on it anymore. Yeah, so I read the rules. Somehow my phone survived. I was like, that was hideous. And I quoted it and said, wow. You know, I, I made some joke about, oh, they, they 
WWE loves shark cages. Because basically, um, the actual rules for the match are, I think, both members of the teams... It's a three-team match. Um, the people will be in shark cages at ringside uh, uh, in, in between the intervals where they're let out. Uh, there are pinfalls, which annoyed people because traditionally war, uh, war games didn't have that. And, uh, you know, some other... It, it's basically, It's more or less the same, but they've changed just enough stuff. People... So I was like, well, no one wants to read this shitty site, so let me screen cap this. And then I was like, wait a minute. Everyone's all... Most people are already talking about how stupid these rules are, and I know they're not going to click this link, so I'll just do a little jokey joke here, and I'll post some fake rules, um, knowing full well that no one will click the actual link and want to read the rules. So I... I drew up these fake rules, and one of the things I took out, because I thought it would make it too obviously fake, was that you would have to hang a belt from the top of the cage to win. Um, uh, basically just doing a King of the Mountain bit. But what I kept in was that there were, there were not traditional disqualifications, but if you got DQ'd, you'd have to go back into the cage uh, for a penalty uh, a time limit of three minutes. I also said you could win via pinfall, submission, or countout. Uh, and I said that the, no one would start in the ring and every five minutes they'd release a wrestler. <laughs> I was like, even after taking out the... And you, said, and you said that the, the ring would be six-sided. Oh yeah, I said the ring would be six-sided! And I was like, okay... I took out the bit about the belts, and I was, I, then I, I was like, I posted it, and I had one of those moments where I was like, that will get one fave and be ignored by everyone, because it's, it's obviously fake and stupid, and I put down my phone for five minutes, and I came back, and people were going absolutely mental in my mentions, quote tweeting it. Uh, reputable websites quote tweeting it, people going mental, people freaking out about countouts and war games. Oh my god! And I, I was like, I wasn't gonna. Again, I thought no one would take it seriously, so I was just gonna post it and leave it. I had to. After twenty minutes, I had to say, "This is so obviously fake." Everyone, please stop. If in in the name of of my phone battery life, please stop replying to this. Um, so that was that was hilarious. Um, and and the lesson we learned here is truly no one will ever click on PW Insider's links. Um, uh, to visit their site because they're, it's, it's, it's a pile of shite. But um, yeah, so anyway, uh, War Games, did they say, they said, in the actual rules, did they say there's going to be two rings? Did they say that? Yeah, two rings. Um, they didn't confirm if there'll be a roof or not on the cage, but I'd imagine not. There, there will be shark cages, don't worry everyone. There uh, will be shark cages, I don't know why. would be NXT without a shark cage. Yeah, they got toys so, to sell, I guess. So the, the, each team will be in its own shark cage yeah and then it starts off with one member from each team mm. then after five minutes the remaining members of one team will go into the match yeah so at that point it'll be what three on two one on I guess. one yeah one on oh, one is that it I, cause I, three, I, I, it would I, not be three on one because three different teams three on one on one yeah yeah three on two well the two aren't together though is my point yeah, but they'll team up, wouldn't they? Obviously. No, they say it could be could be four on one. That would be mental. Why would they help eliminate someone and then They wouldn't eliminate them, they would just help beat them up. I don't know. It's a, it's a shades of grey, brother. 
um, and then another three minutes and the rest come in and then well I mean yeah because the point is isn't it that the, the victory you can't win until everyone's in the ring anyway so beat up help the other team beat up this one person then when your team comes in then you don't have to worry about one person you beat up that other team and then when everyone's in you have one person who's beat up you could try and get yeah, on. This, yeah this, this is stupid and um, basically you've got shit teams in there as well so about this. I'm never going to watch this <laughs> Rubbish. I wish it was Barry's version, to be honest. That'd be more entertaining. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was the, so that. was that. People are annoyed about that. But there you go. Uh, Sawyer Fulton was released. He was one of the Sanity guys. You know, yeah, I got so the, was I the Yeti. Not the one who humped Hulk Hogan, but the one from Tough Enough. Oh, oh. Okay. Remember him? Richard, uh, Richard Branson, whatever his name was. <laughs> I have no idea who you're on about. Josh... But- What's the name? Hang on. Josh, um, tough enough. Let me see here. You've put that they made some matches for the UK shows. I don't know what these are that you've referenced. Well, I'm, I'm talking about Raw. Raw and SmackDown this week are from Oh, the well, UK. That's, Raw is not going currently as we record this. Oh, well, I haven't. Uh, I don't know what's happening. Um, but they have they a, announced- a guitar on a pole fucking match. So enjoy that. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, uh, Scott would be loving that. Well, you know. Elias, yeah, maybe, maybe they'll, maybe the guitar will have uh, an onion in it or something. Yeah, uh, they announced Jinder versus AJ for the title uh, on SmackDown, which is interesting because as we as we discussed last week or whatever week it was when they made the Survivor Series matches, we mentioned how they're going to have to swap some titles around somewhere because they've got three really shitty looking heel versus heel champion matches. Um, and I, I think we all kind of anticipated that they might swap the mid cards around. People are, I think people are working themselves into a shoot thinking Jinder's losing. I don't think he's losing. Um, but that match is on SmackDown, and they're also doing uh, Becky Lynch versus James Ellsworth tomorrow. Uh, in what will probably be a, a, an angle, and it won't happen. Uh, so or or Becky will win immediately. In two seconds. Yeah. Josh Bradle is the guy's name from Tough Enough who got released why did I think oh his uh, his uh, NXT name was Bronson Matthews I genuinely couldn't even guess what this person looks like I have no clue who it is he's the big Roman Reigns looking fucker but you're like what was he on Tough Enough Tough Enough the one where Paige was a host I didn't watch a second of that so Daniel Bryan no no did I but he won. Oh wait, no, I think I did. I think I did watch that once, but I have absolutely zero recollection of any of the people on it. Um. So anyway. Uh. Oh, it looks like we have an interesting, not really debut, but we have a quasi debut on on Raw for some uh, UK folks. Oh really? Um, uh, I, I mean, I could just. I mean, it's like by the time most people hear this, Raw will be over. So. Right, and I don't watch Raw, so I don't give a shit. What's happening? Yeah. Well, Pete Pete Dunn came out. Oh. Uh, and, he challenged. It looks like he challenged Enzo in, I guess, what would be a, like a double title or a non-title match. I, okay. Again, this is literally happening right now, so I don't, I don't know the details of it. But um. that sounds good. So anyway, uh, so yeah, that's that's ongoing now. Uh, also, <laughs> by the way, so we mentioned Bound for Glory. Uh, Alberto El Patron came back, and in an effort to uh, you know get loads of goodwill for their company on this big reboot night, he cut a promo about how unfairly he was treated when he was being investigated for beating his girlfriend. Um, 
which was subsequently cut from the airing in the UK that that uh, TNA just had of Battle for Glory on Spike. They cut that, which is great. So that company's doing really well. All these all these currently breaking stories. Um, what else we got here? And also, uh, Manami uh, Toyota retired this year. Uh, this year, this week, rather, <laughs> excuse me. It would be less impressive if, if we were talking about it, like, you know, in six months' time, saying she retired. Anyway, she retired. Uh, you know, legendary performer. I think she has something like a dozen five-star matches in the Observer. Um, you know, considered one of the greatest all times in the Observer Hall of Fame, obviously, already. Um, I've seen a bit of her stuff. I thought she was really fantastic. Obviously, I'm not a, I'm not a, a scholar of Japanese women's wrestling from, from, you know, 15 years ago or whatever it was. But, um, yeah. One of those moments that made me go, hmm, I wish I, I wish I watched more. Um, uh, more yeah, I remember mine. watching her yeah, in one of the King of Trios one year. Yes, yeah. That's my, was it 20, what would it have been, 2012 maybe? Yeah. I don't remember. One of the years I did, I, I look at high spots now, I'm sure I still have it. I did, yeah, she, yeah. I did she, legitimately she did a, get it. Um, she, did a, she did a King of Trios and I remember her, I think I watched that, and in preparation, I was like, "Oh, I'll go on Daily Motion and I'll watch." Like I watched some of her, her matches, and yeah, she's pretty, pretty freaking talented, pretty freaking talented. So uh, yeah, like a like a, a legitimately legendary wrestler, like not just with the qualification of oh, you know, for a woman's wrestler, like legitimately in in, in a non forced way, like where WWE just really beats you over the head with it. Like she legitimately kind of defied gender barriers in terms of you know how how well she was respected. Obviously, the, the aforementioned Observer Awards and whatnot. So yeah, uh, uh, all and obviously we are not the podcast that you will want to listen to for a proper history lesson on that. But, uh, but there you go. Uh, we'll jump into the wrestling reviews here. Uh, we'll just do. Uh, I think we'll just do OTT because we're we're going a bit long here, and there was a lot to talk about on OTT. I thought. Um, so uh, Paul, we were in the queue, freezing our nips off. We were. Uh, when OTT announced that uh, Travis Banks was off the show. Passport um, issues, it turned out to be. Travel issues, and Chris Brooks was off the show with injury issues. Now, again, another ongoing story. There were there were WWE tryouts on Saturday. Uh-huh. I don't know if you're, you're aware of that. Um, and uh, uh, earlier this evening, I saw some of the names were coming out of folks who participated in those. And I did not see those two names on there, but on Saturday evening when that news came out, I saw people not exactly impressed and or believing the reasons that were given for those two gents not being on the show. Um, but uh, time time will tell. As, as of this writing, there are very few names confirmed for who was actually in attendance at that tryout. But uh, they will come out as they always do. And it, truth be told, I mean, I don't, I don't begrudge any indie wrestler for taking a show off to do a WWE tryout. Honestly, but but I, I slightly begrudge OTT for telling telling us literally when I was in the queue for the door um, uh, that like I, I I am just highly dubious of this idea. They found out an hour before bell time that Travis Banks wasn't going to be there. Um, um, so that was a little bit. Also, not to get ahead of ourselves, and this this is something that kind of we were talking about on our way home was at the opening of the show. They they actually something they don't often do is they they made an announcement of here's what's happening Travis Banks isn't here because of passport related issues Chris Brooks isn't here because of injury that's fair enough I I like that they they mentioned that okay yeah but what they then said was but don't worry because we've got some 
brilliant replacements lined up for them. Yes, that was, yeah. The replacements so, were a, a kid who got beat in two seconds and nobody. Yep. Yeah. So, so to skip to the general, to the end of this review and the general thoughts on it, I thought this was one of the best OTT shows probably ever that I've been to. Right. Um, I loved this show. I loved almost every single thing about it. Um, my, my, pretty much my one grievance with this show was exactly that. Um, you know, like I said, you know, if they're, you know, if Brooks was legitimately hurt, you know, fine, cool. I don't, I don't find that if, if, you know, if he was at the tryout, I, that all, like I said, that doesn't actually bother me. I don't, I don't really mind that those two lads weren't there. I would have liked to have been told sooner, but what are you going to do? Uh, what I was, what I did feel a little bummed at was that we did not get, I did not feel we got something, um, uh, I make sufficient. Good. Yeah, yeah. Particularly for Banks, who they announced at the beginning of the show that, like, as as you might have expected, Devlin and Riddle were closing, and they're like, Haskins wants to watch the top contenders in the main event. I was like, that's cool, but you know, he, Haskins is the champion. He was supposed to face Banks, so that was either you know, depending on what what you expected the match order to be, that was either the main event or the semi-main event. And as you mentioned, there was no replacement. He wrestled someone already on the card. We'll get to it in a minute, but yeah. but they, they did not. Uh, well, not only did he wrestle not... someone on the card, they they said at the beginning of the show, uh, you know, don't worry, we have replacements lined up. Number one, and Travis Banks uh, is not going to be wrestling the main, or excuse me, Haskins is not going to be wrestling the main event because he wants to watch the main event like all you guys. Um, yeah. But it's in the idea that he would be having a match, right? Um, but then he came out later on. Again, during during uh, the at, at the end of the Smile um, Sky Davis match, and literally said, "I have no opponent tonight, so do you want to do this?" Mm. <laughs> I was like, "Well, that's not what they said yeah. was happening." Um, yeah, so we'll um, we'll get to it yeah. anyway. Uh, I I liked a lot on the show. Um, I thought it was a bit of a mixed bag. Um, in that the stuff that was good was extremely good. Uh, a lot of shite as well, though. Did you really? Uh, really? I thought I... Yeah, I yeah. We'll, 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 we'll go through it here. There's stuff we'll I didn't like on it. Um, another thing, yeah. the, the, the opener anyway was, was uh, for all intents and purposes, Fabulous Nikki against El Ligero. Um Yes. Which so was, this was a match that they had originally announced as... For, fuck, fucking weird match. They announced it as Chris Brooks versus El Ligero versus Fabulous Nikki in a three-way um, I don't know why that was literally just three names. It felt like they were pulled out of a hat. Um, uh, in place of Brooks, they brought out L.J. Cleary, who is a youngster. A, a, a you know he's been contender. on I think one of the OTT contenders show, but he's yeah. uh, he's generally considered one of the one of the better, if not one of the best, you know, prospects of the of the the scene. You know, the, the kind of the sub OTT scene. Everyone speaks very highly of him. I've liked an awful lot of what I've seen. Um, he didn't get like a standing ovation or anything when he came out, but a lot of people. He got a pop. He got a pop. He got a pop. People, people did react. Like some people who obviously maybe they go to more shows and they go to, you know, they they go to some more Irish stuff. They they were like, oh, it was a moment of oh, finally he's here. So again, not not a monster pop, but there was people standing and applauding and all this other stuff. He does a heel shtick, so he came out and he didn't he didn't soak up the reaction or anything. He just went on the mic and he said he did a pretty basic heel promo. You know, I should have been here a long time ago. Blah blah blah. I'm great. I'm great. You know, it was fine. It was good. And then <laughs> I wouldn't uh, say it was fine or good, but go on. Did you know? Did you not like it? I thought I thought it was a, a very poor promo. But but I mean, in fairness, in fairness, he's a young guy, and in fairness, this is the level 
you know, to develop that, but it, it wasn't a good, good promo at all. He sounded, he sounded nervous, I thought. Well, yeah, I imagine he was. Um, but but the biggest the problem was that he didn't you know if if his kind of uh, forte is is in the ring they they definitely didn't give him an opportunity to show that off because he got eliminated yeah. immediately. Yeah, so he he literally took the microphone away from his mouth and Legero and Nikki uh, double super kicked him and pinned him immediately. Um, and I just could not believe having and again i'm not even i haven't even seen a bunch of his stuff i've seen a handful of his matches and i could i could tell that he definitely you know he 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 kind of he fits perfectly well in that level that like curtis murray and scotty davis are at where you look at him and you go god he's already good and he has the potential to be so much better um he had a lot to offer and it was like so like there was a pop the crowd sang the goodbye song um and i guess that was the purpose of the moment but a as a make good for a, for a a fairly big UK star who who cancelled, and also for the debut of someone who I would consider a very big prospect, this was baffling and disappointing. Um, and then Legero and Nikki had what I thought was like a fine opener. What did you what did you think of the match they then subsequently had? It was fine. Um, yeah, it was fine. It was it was it was a, it was a, a a fun serviceable opener. It was not it was not a blow away match, but it was it was fun. They I think they rely a little too heavily on the the gay panic humor of. Oh no! Uh, I'm not gay. Don't touch me. Don't kiss me. Um, yeah, it's 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 a little dated. Um, it's a little it's a little old, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, it's and it's you know, and it's kind of at odds uh, with like especially the message they had last week of you know don't don't chant bad things at the wrestlers. Don't do that. And then they have you know the the whole humor is is that this gay lad's trying to kiss the referee and trying to have the referee touch him and. And then so that so that was that match. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, match was all right. The match was fine. The match was all right. Nicky, Nicky won with... I can't remember what he won. He won with a move. Um, to, to quote he won, Brian Alvarez, yeah. To quote Brian Alvarez, he won uh, with a move. Uh, and then the second match, I actually, you mentioned there like the gay panic humor and, and how that's you know dated and also kind of a weird thing to say after the show last month where you had the, hey, everyone, you know, don't be... We're progressive don't be and don't, don't... Yeah, don't be gross. Well, to be fair, now, they didn't say we're progressive because I think that would be too ridiculous for them okay, to say. Okay, th- that, that's me putting stuff. words in their mouth, in fairness. No, but, but, they, but they did say, you know, um, uh, don't, you know, don't be gross. And I have, you know, when... When fans, because fans have been complaining about that forever, like, hey, the fans are gross. But people have also said, hey, you know, like, sometimes the show you put on encourages that, right? And then you had the second match on this show, which which I, I thought was, I thought was you know, decent. It was Martina versus uh, <laughs> Lana Austin, um, which Lana Austin is a, a UK uh, women's wrestler. I thought the match was okay, but, but the opening <laughs> shtick. What was okay was like, about it? Well, let me get to let me get to it here. Okay. So the opening shtick was like, you know, Martina was like, Foxy was going to search Martina, and she's obviously like way into it, like, oh, search me, I'm way into you, Foxy, blah blah blah, and he's like not into it, and like Lana Aston's like like grinding in the corner and like shaking her ass and like, hey, come like search my <laughs> search my ass, Foxy, you know, <laughs> like like just this like really like like just kind of felt like you, you know the the like you said the most antiquated way to kind of present women's wrestling but this went on for like 10 minutes it it went on for a while Never, and then ever. they were doing the um the wrestle the referee the, gimmick wrestle the referee thing but that's I mean that's what I liked I thought that was like funny and then I thought when they when they actually wrestled each other I thought it was it was fine as well I mean I right. I thought that once they got past that opening bit um I thought the match was pretty fun and I liked all the foxy stuff I think you know every time I think anytime yeah, I don't I don't want to veer too far into like just being a Scrooge 
you know, well, territory. Because no, OTT, OTT at, at its core is a comedy wrestling. I mean, this this show not so much because this with with the the hardcore match and the main event, you know, had a seriousness to, it. and also the Kings of North turn from later on in the show. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Some of the comedies are so so dumb, and I I kind of feel bad for. You know when you watch a movie and people are like, ah, it's just it's just meant to be a bit of fun. You know, turn your brain off the door and have a laugh. It's, it's supposed to be funny. They're only having fun. I mean, that's fair enough. But I mean, it was kind of this was this was almost. Um, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. You know when when people say unfairly, in my opinion, by the way, uh, have been saying over the last few weeks that Martina puts women's wrestling back ten years. Which I don't think. Right. I think Martina's a fantastic character. In fairness, I think she, even yeah. though her matches can be kind of up and down, I think she's great. Uh, yeah, this this one came very close to exactly what people have been saying. Like, this, if you showed one of those people who had been saying them saying that this match, they'd say, "Well, there you go." Two yeah, two women like, shaking think, their asses, going, "Feel me up, no, feel me up, ref." Uh, it was yeah. a little too much, you know. And I thought the, I thought the match sucked as well. Uh, I thought it was worse. Yeah, I thought it was worse than the um, the. What was the late the one last year or last week or last month? No um, way! That why well, that Veda Mart- match. Martina against uh, Veda Scott. I thought this was worse than that. I thought I thought the Veda match was worse. I okay. I, I, I thought this one was okay. Um, but no, I'm I'm with I'm with you on the comedy. I just for the first few minutes I was like, ah, this is like this is a match like this is a match that like I'm gonna recommend people watch this show. But like this is a match that I can see. I would people. skip the first two matches to be honest. I I I can see people who. I just know for a fact are way past this, like, you know, hey, ref, look at how great my ass is spot. Imagine <laughs> that being a but spot. That's, that's, that's literally what it was. I mean, Lana Austin's like, you know, she's like, you know, I mean, obviously the story is, as, as they always tell with Martina, is that Martina is like, you know, she like smells or whatever, <laughs> or like, you know, like the, like the guy, she's all about the guys, but the guys aren't about her and that's fun. And Lana Austin's like this, you know, like kind of like attractive uh, girl, but she, but she was literally just like for the first like two minutes of the match, like bent over in the corner, like, you know, just doing like really like, you know, like mid 2000s WWE kind of the, the shit you don't want to see from women's wrestling these days. That, yeah, that's that, that that's exactly what it was. That I yeah. think you've summed it up pretty well there. That it was it was very like the worst of that diva stuff, you know. That they that yeah. they really try and distance themselves from nowadays of no no the women are are wrestlers now and they're, you know, taken as seriously as the men. And then you have then you have this. Yeah. <laughs> Just, so after after the match, uh, William Humperdinck came out, who's the heel owner. I thought that, said, that segment was quite funny, in fairness. <laughs> He's like, close your fucking mouth. Take your oh, arm yeah. down. So, so he came out, and he was just like, I'm fucking sick of Martina. You know, you're, the fans like you, but you're... He's, he basically said, you know, you're good for business, but you're bad for that belt, basically. Because this was a women's title match, by the way. Which, again, I mean, it's another thing I think a, a lot of people... You know, they don't want their women's title necessarily in, in this match with all the ass-shaking comedy. But anyway, so he was like, I'm fucking sick of you and you having that belt. So he said, next month, I was a, like, he announced Kaylee Ray versus Martina. I like Kaylee Ray a lot, but he was building up the announcement. I actually, for some reason, I don't know why, but Kaylee I Harry. No, 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 no. I, I thought he was going to make, like, uh, alpha female or something. Oh, I thought like, Kaylee Harvey. So when he said Kaylee, I thought Kaylee and... I yeah, yeah. I well, no, I I still think it's too soon to do that match again. So, 
um, after doing it so much. But I, he was building it up and building it up. I was like, so it's it's going to be a big scary heel, right? Like it's going to be alpha female. It's going to be you know someone like that who's scary who might like fuck Martina up. Um, but instead, it was Kaylee Ray, which is like it's probably you know probably one of the better Martina matches we'll see this year. But I thought it was an odd. Um, match makes they've like been buddies in the past and they do like you know their their comedy beer drinking roll up spot that they do um yeah well they uh, had so the one match where it was chris wolf was in it and katie uh, katie harvey and his own yeah that was all right but yeah it feels so, like a weird a weird culmination of this whole deal yeah kind, kind of feels like you know kaylee was available they wanted to well, do it does feel like the last few the last few months since since Martina won the title. There's been kind of no, no feud per se. It's just been Beta Scott, Lana Austin, Katie Who's Ray, available. who's available. Yeah. Exactly. There's no kind of storyline to it. So yeah, so they uh, they um, they made that match for um, December at the National Stadium. Yeah. Uh, what was next on the show? Do you know what was next? I don't. Um... Yeah, my, my memory of the of the order of things might be a little off. We'll just we'll just go with what I recall. Did we have yeah. um let me see if I can remember. Did we have Bobby George next? I think we may have had Bobby George. So uh, Adam Max did beat Bobby George Jr. Uh you know, uh, solid match. Bobby George, obviously the shtick is is great. He had his ring announcer, he did his whole ring introduction. Uh, Adam Max did is the kind of the, the muscular tanned uh, uh kind of good-looking northern chap. Um they had a match, you know, Bobby George did his shtick, it's a lot of fun live. I'm, I'm curious, like, I, I know a lot of people watched the Zach Gibson match because they put it up for free, and a lot of I saw a lot of people who really liked it. I'm curious on, like, VOD, how much does this stuff hold up? Because obviously I think it's great fun live, but I don't know necessarily what people Well, the first time I saw Bobby George was on VOD, because I didn't go to yeah. that first show, and I was kind of on board with it as soon as I kind of saw what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, Max did one. Yeah, um, you know Bobby George doing the uh, the underdog, the loser gimmick, which is fine. I mean, if, if, if I think if ever there's someone you could do that with, it's him. Yes, you know. Um, so and he always he always does the great defeated promo after the fact, which is always a lot of fun. Um, but then uh, William J. Humperdinck, uh, are, uh, he came out again, and he says, and much like Martina, he's like, you know, people like you and and all that jazz, but your win loss record is is shocking. You haven't won in months. Uh, he won his debut match, actually, and that's it. He's lost everything else. And he said, so I'm putting you in a match at the National Stadium, and if you lose, you're out of here. So he's facing Paul Tracy, who has been AWOL since WrestleRama. Yeah. And even before WrestleRama had not been around a lot. Um, so I don't know. That that was, again, a bit of a... But again, you know, he's doing he's doing bit of a bidding surprise. of Humperdinck. Yeah. And so he then, of course, did an angle where they, they got in Bobby George's face and all this other stuff. And then it turned into a, a beat down, uh, Tracy beat down Bobby George. Everyone booed. Everyone was very, very mad at this at this this beat down of the beloved Bobby George. And then uh, Tony Idol squared up to Tracy like he was going to defend his honor. But of course, Tracy just put the boots to him and beat the shit out of him. Um, and people were extremely mad at Tony Idol. No, I thought that, that that was a I thought this was actually a great segment, I thought. Um, I agree. Uh, I thought this was one of the the better little things they've done and in recent months. Story wise, in a, in a while, yeah. So so he like Tracy just beat beat the absolute shit out of these guys, and 
and they were defenseless and and, and George, Bobby George is trying to protect his man but of course he couldn't because he was beaten down as well and so you know Tracy's good for an old heel beat down and I, I suspect that match will be pretty heated Tracy versus George next month Bobby George I feel like they did a great job with the beatdown of Idol where it was like all leg drops to the throat and, and working on the arm as well so like they're the, th- the two things he uses is his voice and his arm told microphone so I get the feeling like what they what they might do is not have him announce Bobby George at the the stadium, but have him come out afterward to announce him the winner or something like that. Like have it be like a little surprise afterwards. He comes out in a wheelchair and like a cast or whatever, and it'll be a, a neck yeah. brace. It'd be all funny, and he'll be back, and everyone will be very happy because he's he's brilliant. He's so uh, yeah, that match will probably be uh, heated next month. We then uh, had so was- the best match of the night. We did indeed. We had the hardcore Kings, match. The Kings of the North versus the Angel Cruisers and Joey Janela in a six person, six man uh, hardcore match for the tag team titles. Uh, inexplicably, I don't know what happened and what changed, but the Kings had their Prodigy song back, um, which is great. One of the great uh, theme songs wrestling currently. We were so happy. Uh, everyone was very, very, like, there was, like, an additional pop on top of the pop they just get for being the Kings of the North. It was, like, this huge pop for the music, which is great. So, basically, you know, Angel Cruisers, they're, like, the comedy team whose gimmick is, like, they're comedy, but also they're, like, crazy, and, like, Angel is kind of, you know, on the edge. And then Joey Janela, obviously, this crazy, like, some, like kind of a deathmatch star, and not, not just that, also done some other kind of crazy non-deathmatch stuff. Uh, a very eccentric individual, so he was the perfect third man for the team. And they just had the absolute fucking craziest brawl uh, you've ever seen. Uh, chairs and cookie sheets. And uh, there was a guitar spot at one point where, like, Janela put the guitar on the bottom rope, did a move into the corner. It didn't break, so poor Corvin had to go up for a second time and took a second move into the, into the guitar to break it which a uh, non-gimmick guitar man it, so yeah it, it was not a jeff jarrett explode in a cloud of dust guitar it was it looked like it just a real guitar uh, <laughs> it was because even when he, he he backdropped the second the first move was like a hip toss into it or something and it didn't break and corvin landed like head first into this guitar uh and then he gave him a backdrop and although the side kind of broke off you could see the center part was just bent like bent down so that looked like it sucked yeah, we had also so, attempted uh, fire, which unfortunately didn't happen. The funny, the funny thing was, so so they were going to they, the pieces were going to do a beat down at one stage with a bat. Angel Crew said, "No, no, 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 hang on, I have to do my gimmick where I go under the ring and I get something crazy." So he went under and he got a bat covered in rope and that was obviously drenched in, in petrol, petrol or something. Or something. Yeah. And he, he was right in front of us, and it was just like it was immediately evident it wasn't going to happen. The fire was taken ever so slightly, but it wasn't taken properly. But uh, eventually, he got on the ring apron and he just said, "Pretend there's fire!" and everyone cheered uh, because obviously they were in on the bit. But uh, pretty much immediately after he he went up on the apron, Duncan disordered Took it off. Grabbed- so that was obviously what the plan was. Yeah, and, and threw it into water, so they weren't they weren't going to use it. But you know, whatever. There was also a spot moments later where Janela took out a board from under the ring, and he propped it up between the apron and the barricade. And he said, "Hey," <laughs> in hearkening back to moments earlier, he said, "Pretend there's barbed wire here," um, <laughs> which made me wonder 
like I was asking people about this after the show if has anyone ever seen barbed wire used on an Irish show and is there any chance it's probably not allowed for some like regulatory reason and I think uh, I one person mentioned so. to me that uh, that Abyss used a barbed wire bat on one of the TNA shows in the stadium a couple of years ago uh, but you could probably get away with that yeah because I, I saw Abyss in a hardcore match in the stadium I don't remember whether yeah. he used because it was him and was it Morgan or Hernandez something like that against the Dudleys yeah so, so, so maybe the whole thing of like you know putting it on a bat like you know you, you, you from that kind of range you, you can't even really tell if it's real so maybe it wasn't I so I was asking around and I don't I, no one I spoke to including people who've been going to shows for years said that they had ever seen barbed wire so I'm thinking maybe they they figured out last minute they weren't allowed to do it or something I don't know maybe they just didn't want to do it um be cool got power bombed through the board there was a superplex out of the ring. Like, like it sucked that was fucking spur. Um, there was a spot where did Janela do a double stomp on someone on the chair? Was that it? Um, yeah, I think Corvin was in the chair. Corvin, was in the chair. Came, yeah, Corvin, uh, uh, yeah, Janela came off the top doing a double stomp, and the foot of the chair went through the ring. <laughs> so there was a uh, hole in the ring. There was a fucking hole in the ring for like the remainder of the night, which was hilarious. Uh, all this crazy shit culminated. The last major spots were like thumbtacks came out. Janela took a barefoot bump into thumbtacks and was rolling. And not only a, bo- a barefoot bump, a barefoot double stomp from the top rope. Yes. Onto yes. tacks. Onto tacks. And they were, yeah. Uh, Corvin took a, a bump into the thumbtacks, which I, which is the second time I've seen him do that in, in OTT. Uh, he walked right past us after the match. Oh my God, his back was absolutely destroyed. Um, and then the, the finishing spot was Duncan diving off the top rope out of the ring with a frog splash on Angel Cruz on a table, which did not give. And oh my God, poor Angel Cruz was crushed under this <laughs> muscular northerner. The table, uh, the table actually cracked, but like lengthways. Right, but it didn't break. It just had this big long crack along the length of it. Yeah. So so um. So um, then they just rolled so Angel that, in the ring and pinned them. Um, it was hypothesized to me by my brother, who's at the show, who thought that maybe because the table didn't break, it looked like Duncan just went right on his head, by the way, and Angel, of course, was absolutely killed. That maybe because of that, they just went to the finish. But I kind of feel like Be Cool took the bump through the power bomb through the board, Janela did his double foot stomp, and Cruz was taking the big splash to the outside. I feel like. That was kind of the logical ending of it. Like, what more can where where can he go from there? Really, like I felt like that was the ending. So, yeah. So I I thought that was the, yeah I thought that was the end too. Even though you know yeah because they 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 had done everything else they could conceivably do. Um. So so I think I think this was probably the logical conclusion. I don't know how Janella's walking anywhere. By the way. Yeah. How yeah. do you uh, how does feet not balloon up after that? And I and I heard he had an amazing match at Ryan Smile the next night. <laughs> So he obviously had a, a great weekend. Yeah. So uh, after the match, they all did the the handshakes. Everyone just gave him a huge round of applause because it was mad. Uh, such a mad match. It was really fantastic. I think yeah, even though the show was only like half over at this stage, I think everyone knew like that's the uh, that's the match. You know that mm. that that was the match that was going to steal the show. So and that really cemented the further cemented the king's face turn because everyone had just seen them like you know bleed and die for 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 our entertainment and then also shake the hands. Of um uh, of the faces, so that was that. 
we then segued into Charlie Sterling and uh, Zach Gibson versus Curtis Murray and Nathan Martin. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the, the Brits continuing their shtick of, hey, you know, Irish wrestling sucks. Gibson, of course, said, like, the fucking ring has holes in it. Cause he, and he also threw in a great line about, I hate hardcore wrestling as well. You know, which was which was great, considering everyone was just elated with the hardcore match they just saw. Um, Sterling, I can't, I can't do justice to how ridiculous he looks now. He's grown his hair out, um, uh, akin to you know 2010 Bob haircut for me that I had going there for a while, um, and he has what looked like pound chop knockoff uh, British bulldog tights. Well, they're they're yeah, they're like the the tights that the old British bulldogs used to wear when they were the tag team with the the, yeah. the plain tights with the Union Jack on the arse. So, uh, so a, a hilarious look. He was also sweeping up all the time, getting rid of the thumbtacks and stuff. So they buried the uh, the the British, and then they um, they tried to sing the song, and out came the Irish. And uh, this was, I thought, another cracking match. Yeah, this was um, great. Yeah. For, for and th- you want to talk about a tough spot to go in. First of all, you know, following a Kings of the North match of the night, which is always tough. But like, not only that, but this was a straight wrestling match, and they had to follow thumbtacks and tables and superplexes out of the ring and attempted fire and all the craziness. And with just with just a regular ass tag team wrestling match, they got a great reaction from the crowd. The two lads, I mean. They are just, the two young lads are just so unbelievable. I mean, obviously they were in there with fantastic opponents, but, but the, the whole, the whole thing, they felt so natural in there. Like they really belonged. It was, it was a great, it was one of many moments on this show where it was a great thing for Irish wrestling, just to see them all prosper that way. Mm. Um, so it was really great. Of course, the, the, the evil Brits won because they're the ones getting the big push. So one thing I will say about OTT right now, it's not necessarily a huge criticism, but they're, they're not really giving the, the contenders any wins, um, which is fine. I mean, most of them are still like 17, so I, I realize they don't need to be like pushing them to the moon. But um, yeah, great, great performance. They both they both uh, look great. Nathan Martin at one point got the crowd on their feet because he because the, the heels were beating the shit out of the baby faces. And Nathan Martin just fires up and just starts elbowing the shit out of both the heels uh, with great baby face fire. Got everyone on their feet. It was a great moment. Yeah. Uh, the heels won with a spike pile driver, uh, which is a cool finish. I hope they I hope they keep that. Well, they've, uh, they've done that before. Have they? I yeah, was, yeah. Did they do that to a limited match? Was it? Yes. Oh, very good. So, um, so they won, and of course they got on the mic, and they said, "Fucking Irish wrestling! Is there anyone good on this island? Is there? Is there at all?" And uh, uh, everyone got very excited. They started chanting for the Kings. They knew it was coming, and sure enough, the Kings of the North music hit after after already being applauded for their war. Uh, uh, you know, just uh, twenty minutes ago, they came out. And uh, they ran off the Brits, and uh, Corvin and and uh, all three of them, I think, actually took turns speaking. Yeah. And they basically said they were going to defend the uh, the island of Ireland, and and the the wrestling talent they have. Great fiery promo, uh, and the crowd were elated, as we've discussed on this show. Obviously, the crowd were wanting it. It, it felt very natural. It's been coming a long time, and I, I think OTT deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, they, they did a great slow build to it. Like they did subtle, a slow build. subtle build. The Kings. First of all, I think they did everything there is to do as heels. Um, they they just got over by being good, as we've discussed on this show. Like it's just hard to kind of boo them anymore, 
and then they they just got the perfect opponents for them, the perfect opponents. Because OTT yeah. fans will always love shouting at some Brits who come over and think they're better than the Irish, and and yeah, and uh, both both, both Bonesaw and Corvin have have tweeted about shoulder to shoulder uh, in the last. <laughs> That's I, great. I I'm thinking I think they may either just have it for their entrance or for the intro to their entrance they might have the Ireland's call oh can I say on the topic of Ireland's call can they uh, can OTT bin the whole national anthem thing before the shows you what what is that about you are the one person I've ever spoken to who doesn't like it it's just I just start to show don't do it's it's a little. It's two minutes. What's wrong with you? It's just weird. It's like a it's Americany. It's it's. I don't understand it. That's, that's my point. People people look the whole part. So much of OTT's gimmick is like up the Irish. You know, Irish wrestling and our guys versus the world. I mean, that's that's yeah. the show. You know? That's fine. So the, so it's just part of that. It's a little cheesy. They did. They did stop it for a few shows this year, and maybe it did, but people people were like, "Hey, where's the national anthem?" So oh, I think okay. Well, I think it only kind of started a few shows into my tenure, so hmm. I don't think it's necessary. I think we can. I mean, for the stadium show, that's maybe a thing, but I don't know. I just I think it's a little bit a little bit cheesy for you know in the Tivoli to have two hundred people stand up and play the national anthem YouTube video over a projector. <laughs> you know, there's a little, there's a little, uh, little cheesiness to it. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not, it wouldn't be one of my biggest complaints. Maybe again, I'm just being a curmudgeon, but it's kind of like I've been in the queue for an hour, and I've been in my seat for an hour. Can we start the show, please? Oh, now you have to start for that shot first for two minutes. <sighs> so anyway, uh, that was that match. It was, it was fantastic. Um, we had intermission. And yeah. The it was just was it just two matches after the mission or well two and a half or whatever you want to call that other thing. Uh, um, yeah, two and a half, let's say. Yeah, yeah. So we had Scotty Davis versus. By the way, um, you, Team Prick but, were involved in what? Well, I was going to say, um, yeah, there's, there's no Team Prick, uh, Logan Bryce, Sammy D match. Well, that was that was my point. What I was going to yeah. say was the Team Prick were involved in the Janela match. They, I can't even remember what they did, but they did some Team Prick stuff. They were fun. Uh, somebody, when OTT posted the full card on like Thursday or Friday, the graphic of all the matches, someone quoted it. I was like, oh man, all this and Team Prick versus Sammy D and Logan. And I think someone at the OTT head office forgot that that match was made at the last show. And so Humper Dink on his, you know, kayfabe Twitter uh, went on there and said, I didn't realize Team Prick had the book. I didn't make that match, so it's not happening. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't see that. Yeah, well, I because like no one, no one follows that account. But it was like, no, let, me, um, let me find it now. Yeah, it. it's like they they clearly and unreservedly made that match at the last the last Tivoli show, and obviously someone forgot. I mean, and, and I think you know, like obviously it was not a very important match, and I think they probably realized you know it more important to have them in the Janela match doing their doing their crazy stuff. So anyway, so that match was binned uh, like the day before the show on Twitter uh, after the intermission. Scotty Davis, another uh, OTT prospect, another uh, contender from the from the contenders shows. Uh, he had a mystery opponent. Uh, they did not make reference to this in the announcing, not that I saw, not that I heard Butch say. But um, on Twitter, when this was announced, they said that if he won, he would get a national stadium match. Yeah, uh, they did. They did not address that live. Did they? Do you recall? Did they address that? No. Okay, so basically, it was Humperdinck picking a mystery opponent for Scotty. I think most of us kind of figured it would be smiled. Well, you you called it in fairness. 
Well, yeah. So you can't smile, exactly right. Yes. Originally, they were um, going to do Smile and Osprey in December. Osprey is obviously not coming anymore, but uh, they they had not made that match official yet. So I was guessing Smile would be here to make that official, but obviously they then had they then had him booked, so I had to have him do something, I guess. So I thought he came out for uh, as the mystery opponent. Haven't seen him since August, since he lost the title. Still hated. Uh, still loudly booed and, and people were, were chanting, where's your title and all this other stuff. And they had what I thought was a really great match. Uh, a really great, uh, you know, considering we didn't get an actual Haskins semi-main event, I thought this was a really great semi-main event. Uh, one of the better Smile matches I think we've had uh, yeah. all year. Um, uh, you know, Scott, Smile was, was again in his element as a heel. Uh, Davis, obviously, the fans are way into him. I think he, he you know, I, I'm big into Curtis Murray, but I think Davis is probably the more, the, the, the best of the contenders um, uh, that they've showcased. And I mean, he showed it here. I mean, this is a this is a pretty big spot to be in for a guy of his experience. You know, semi-main event with like one of the top guys in the promotion, and uh, they had a great match. There was a tremendous near fall. Uh, uh, near the finish, where basically uh, Smile hit the frog splash, which which is his finish, and I, I not that I recall, I don't recall anyone kicking out of that in recent memory. Maybe someone did in that in that the three way at WrestleMania, but in general, it's a protected move, uh, and Davis kicked out. So uh, I mentioned I mentioned previously that they don't the contenders haven't got a lot of wins, but that was a that was a cool moment. And they wrestled for another few minutes, and Smile uh, distracted the ref, took something off the turnbuckle. Uh, kicked Scotty low and uh, beat him with a curb stomp. Uh, and I thought that was, especially with that near fall at the end, I thought that was like a, a big star-making match for Scotty. I thought it was really great. And I am wondering if perhaps they, if perhaps he, the reason they didn't make mention of the stadium step is because maybe he's going to get that match anyway. Because uh, Haskins came out. He said, I don't have an opponent. Uh, obviously, Haskins beat Smile for the title in August. Smile has been gone since. So they said, hey, you want your match? You can have it right now. So the crowd cheered. Scotty Davis got up on the apron. Smile was distracted by him. This was such a fucking like, eye-rolling WWE like raw finish. Um, Haskins, what did he do? I can't even remember. He hit him with a move, did he? Rolled him up or something? I think it was just a roll-up. I think it was just a roll-up. So, so Davis did the distraction. No, no, he... he... Didn't no? Didn't he do his 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 fireman's carry thing? Or was that before oh, the distraction? I don't remember. He won. I can't, I can't, he, he he hit him with a move and pinned him in again. Thirty seconds. So to go back to what we mentioned at the open of this review, you know, Banks and Brooks out, and what we got as a quote unquote make good was a, a, amounted to about forty seconds of action. Um, no, I did this one particularly was like a, a slap one, in the face, basically. Than, this, yeah, this one was worse than Cleary because Cleary, eh, Cleary was something. Yeah, yeah, he's something, and also you know, young guy. You know, they've got they've got the rest of his career to do something with him. Like you, you'll get over it. But with this one, it was like you said you had you said you had something for later in the show. Like they straight up opened the show saying they had something for Haskins, uh, and they didn't. Um, and it, it, I mean. Obviously, I don't think they. Sh- I don't think Smile should be expected to work two matches. I'm not. Say- I'm not saying that. But you know, put you know, don't do don't do this segment. Then you know what I mean. I, I just feel like that was a bit of a, a bit of a waste. Um. Uh. Yeah. So so um. Uh, Haskins beats him in a couple of seconds. I mean, if like if you were if you're a Haskins fan, you got nothing on this show. Basically, you, you got him. 
you got him doing a move, and then you got him confronting uh, the winner of the main event. I feel like Smile was a good surprise, in fairness. Um, Smile was a good surprise, um, and and he and he got he gave us a great match. Uh, so so you know because I feel that. like since you remember obviously the show where it's supposed to be Riddle done, where we got instead Smile done and Skrull Riddle. Um, I feel like that was maybe the last show that, aside from this one, where we got a good surprise on. I feel like OTT lately <coughs> haven't been delivering with the surprises, where infamously Justy was the fifth man, and uh, and then today we had, or sorry, the last day we had uh, LJ Cleary cut a bad promo and not be in a match, and and then nothing for this one. So. It's a shame. It's a shame. But I guess I mean that's maybe a limitation of being a little Irish company and not exactly having It 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 is. So I mean I I do want to cut them I will cut them a little bit of slack, you know. I think But then don't say they've got great replacements. <laughs> so, so absolutely, absolutely. I'm with you I'm with you on that. But yeah, obviously, you know, not every show you can have Marty Skrull pop up as a surprise. Not every show you can have to be fair, fun. to be fair, I think okay, they they knew they had smile coming in for the thing that that's the yeah, that's yeah. that's one thing. But I don't think people would have been too annoyed if if they were like um you know, Travis Banks can't be here. Um, uh, Chris Brooks can't be here. So here's what we're doing. We're giving the young lad Scotty Davis a chance. He's going to fight Mark Haskins. I think people would have been super happy with that. And yeah, and you could—I mean, you beat him anyway, so you could have had Haskins beat him, and that match would have been great. And yeah, I think that's—I think that's. Um, but of course, uh, they had Smile yeah. coming in already. Smile was a surprise, yeah. like the planned surprise. Yeah. Um, so and but um, I, I but to go back to what I mentioned about the stadium, uh, I I think. I think based on that, based on that finish, they might do Scotty versus Ryan at that show. Um, yeah. Rematch, which I think would be great. Yeah, that'd um, be very good. But uh, but yeah, again, we kind of kind of what's the point of the stipulation in the match in the first place? Then absolutely, yeah. No, it, I mean, he's getting Shane McMahon basically after the Undertaker beat him. Hey, hey, that's a good. That's a good comparison. <laughs> Fuck it, you're in charge of Raw anyway. <laughs> charge of Raw anyway, exactly. Yeah. So, so as as I was gonna say, like you cut him a little bit of slack because you don't necessarily have you know, Marty's girl just right there to pop in for a surprise. But one thing I will say, and I said this to someone after the show, you know, you had Haskins there, babyface champion, no opponent. It's too bad you didn't have an old reliable Irish heel there that you could easily beat without any bombs who, who would be guaranteed to have an entertaining match because he's an entertaining guy and he's got a character where he can just kind of lose and it doesn't really matter. It's a shame they don't have anyone like that around anymore. Um, that is unfortunate. I'll tell you why it's a shame as well uh, that they couldn't have uh, Paul Tracy just come out and have a fucking match since he was there anyway. They could have done that. That's I actually didn't even think about that. That's another one. Someone who would have had Uber Heat for his beatdown earlier of uh, the two beloved faces and a, he, a heel authority figure who can say, Paul Tracy's getting a title match because he did something I liked and I don't care. Yeah. That would yeah, have worked so as well. If it, wasn't, uh, if it wasn't obvious, I was making a Justy reference. I, it was obvious. Um, yeah. <laughs> just in case. I it was very obvious. It, but, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like... I kind of feel like every OTT show that goes by, I kind of miss Justy less and less. Is that a bad thing? No, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just, you know. it's, I mean, it's sad, but I mean, I, I think I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of over it. He's gone. He's not coming back. I think I'm, I, I, I've moved on. 
Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's a lot there's a lot going on in OTT right now, so you know we're not going to act like the sky is falling. Cause yeah, I, I I just feel like you know you know maybe if if uh, if there was still just in every show, maybe that would be one one spot less for someone like a like a Scotty Davis or or, or like a, a Curtis Murray, you know. So we'll we'll look on the bright side. We will look on the bright side. Sure. Yeah, I think I'm more kind of annoyed. I think I'm more kind of annoyed at like this stupid alleged reasons he's not there um, yeah but but we don't know you know what i mean we don't know we fair that's fair and in fairness uh i don't want to allege anything but it, it'd be kind of weird for it to be something so simple you know i i think it's more like like an ongoing thing and that that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. not even the straw but the excuse you know what i mean yeah, sure, sure. like we don't know maybe yeah. maybe he was fucking Enzo Amore of the of the locker room, and no one can fucking stand him. And this <laughs> that was is a, very harsh. <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we don't know. No, I get, I get, I you know, I know, I know, I know. I get your point. I get your point. I'm very sympathetic because I I thought Justy was one of the top top two or three acts on the whole show. Yeah. Um, but I, but the the point I was making is just that you know they you know they could have used them. And some of the great uh, some of the great Irish acts that have been uh, <laughs> imagine that though Justy's the surprise again oh for that would have yeah I mean it would have gotten this it would have been good this time um, but uh, you know so uh, and you know Paddy is another good name that, that if he you know he hasn't been in there for a, a couple of months I don't really nah, again, he's, we don't they're done what they're, Paddy's, Paddy's done um, uh, if he if he was around you know could have had a match again just just throwing out some stuff that they could have done but anyway Moving on to the main event, which was uh, was really fantastic. It was uh, Jordan Devlin beating Matt Riddle uh, for the uh, number one contendership at um, at the National Stadium show. Uh, this was a really great match. Honestly, I was expecting this to be the defining match of the show. I was kind of expecting it to be kind of like the speedball Riddle match, like that really crazy thing. I think I I thought it was great. I thought it was a a, a damn near excellent match. I think I think uh, the the thunder was stolen a little bit by that six man on the. Uh, on it the was card. it was. Um, I described the main event afterwards as a, a damn good eight out of ten. Yeah, right. Um, I feel like there 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 wasn't enough um like really memorable spots that like Devon's matches have been kind of renowned for lately. Like the 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 moose, obviously. When you when I say moose, Devlin, you think of the the throwing into the crowd, the jump back out of the crowd, the even the triple the three way with um, Ligero the last time and whoever else was in it. He had the moon salt from the ropes back into the crowd, like crazy stuff. This one was a little just more kind of straightforward, a little bit more reserved. Um, you did have the destroyer from the top rope, but again, that was just kind of kicked out of and moved on from. It wasn't this like lasting impact. Um, yeah, um, but they um, they certainly beat the hell out of each other. Um, oh, the, their were, chests were bruised. Devlin's in particular, Jesus. Yeah. and also by the way, did you see Duncan Disorderly's chest after the table bump? No. Ooh, it. Oh well, you'll see it on VOD. He obviously hit his chest off that edge of that table, and it stung him oh, up no. good. Yeah, yeah, it looked. Oh, that's yeah. Like a straight, a straight red line across his chest, basically. Uh, so, so, so Devlin and uh, and Riddle were uh, they were mighty, mighty messed up after the match, but it was a great match. It was a very physical match. Like I said, less kind of emphasis on the spots, more kind of emphasis just on kind of just shri- strikes and just gritting your teeth and and 
uh, you know, and that kind of stuff. It was a, it was a different kind of Devlin match, which I appreciate. Um, uh, and it was really fantastic. Devlin obviously won. Um, <laughs> I think maybe they had some time shaved off at the end, and that's not me being a mind reader or anything. It's based on the fact that they fucking turned the lights up two minutes before the finish. Um, uh, which yeah. was re- like really obvious and distracting. Like they like yeah, did I get out of here? Like, like yeah, I don't know who like I don't know if like management like of the building has control of the lights or something or what the story. It was. does seem like the last few shows, as soon as the show's ended, they're like, all right, get out, kicked out. Yeah, yeah. I when I when I at last month's show. Uh, when I went out, I was like, obviously, because I was doing Belfast the next day, I was racing to the bus stop. But as I came out of the Tivoli, two dudes stopped me and they said, oh, is uh, District 11 or whatever it's called, District 10, I think it's called, the nightclub after you know after hours for the Tivoli. They're like, uh, is that on? I was like, um, yeah, I think in like five minutes they're they're finishing up after a show that was just in there. So like people, I guess, are obviously showing up to whatever's on after OTT pretty much immediately so they do have to kick us out but yeah so it like and this I'd, i'll be interested to see how much this comes off on the vod live it was super jarring like they they straight up went from moody indie wrestling lighting to, to uh, get the fuck out <laughs> you know it actually was very much like a nightclub when i mean i don't know reference much for you paul but like i've been lighted in nightclubs fair enough fair enough but you know like you know 3 a.m when it's time to get out they just stop all the light shows and it's just bright white everywhere it's like go home kids um, but yes, yeah, so I think that maybe hindered it a little bit. But yeah, great match. I I, I don't think it would be uh, one of the better Devlin or Riddle matches this year, but it was still a hell of a, a hell of a main event and uh, a hell of a way to cap off the card. And so the um, the being the elite main event is set. Haskins versus Devlin. It's uh, nice yeah. not to have to uh, buy tickets this month because obviously we have already our being the elite tickets. Um, and it's nice that well we have assigned seats. So we don't need yeah. to spend an hour in the cold queue. We're going to show up ten minutes before the show starts <laughs> to get our seat. Yes, yeah, we yeah. So I don't have a signed seat, but that that section I mean is is tiny. Like, I it's do, like three baby. rows, so it's six and one. I was thinking like I had a signed seat last time as well. Why did I spend so much time in the fucking queue? Because that queue was long as hell. The what? The last stadium show. We had a signed seat yeah. for that as well. Why was I queuing for that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and I I, I don't actually, know. And last time, I guess, well, last time it was my first time in a different section, so I didn't quite know what I was getting into. Yeah. But this time, now that I know what that section is, I'm like, all right, I'm not, yeah, I'm going, I might literally go for, like, 20 minutes before bell time. Um, uh, yeah. So, I don't know about you, but I was super, um, I mean, I think we've said this on the show, I was super cold on those matches they made with the imports. Uh, I think the matches they made with the Irish and the locals on this show were, uh, way more compelling and i'm actually i'm actually decently into the uh the card now i was surprised that they didn't announce i mean in in the show they did obviously we know now the main event we know the tag title match we know the women's title match we know the bobby george Jr. match but i was was expecting uh, you know like how for wrestlerama there was like the one last like ricochet announcement i was expecting one video package to be like okay you had you have your fucking weird triple threat match you have your weird six-man match Here's your other surprise, and there wasn't any. Yeah, um, I just think I think they've just done it all. I think they've, I think they've announced everything they got. Right. Um, uh, so yeah, so so that card obviously we'll talk about closer to the day, but it's it's uh, uh, it's Haskins something. Versus Devlin, Cody versus Flip versus Phoenix, 
Uh, Skirl in the Bucks versus Dalton Castle in the Boys. Kings of the North versus Sterling Gibson and a, and a plus one. Samuels. I, Samuels. I figured it was. It'll probably be him, but yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Bobby George versus Paul Tracy. Martina versus Kaylee Ray. And uh, I believe that was it. Yeah, P- that was potentially it. Potentially Scotty Davis against Smile. Maybe Smile's still right. on the poster as well. So. Smile's still on So was Osprey, to be fair. Um, I can't believe they still had him on it. Well, I mean, they they rarely bother fixing those posters when they have uh, movement. Uh, also, uh, so and actually, yeah, you're right because a lot of us were kind of hoping. Well, like, are they going to announce their British Strong Style matches um, um, for this show? So they so that's that's one thing that they have not yet confirmed. Obviously, uh, Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven are on the show in place of Osprey. So uh, those those stadium shows typically go very long because they they don't have the, the restrictions that Tivoli has. So I'd imagine there's got to be at least, you know, two more matches to make, um, maybe three. Uh, so we, we'll see what they get. I, I you know, I like I, I like when they drip feed the matches out. You know, you know keep, it keeps the event kind of in your mind in the news cycle, you know. So um, we'll see. We'll talk about that close to the time. Obviously, big, big OTT review on this show. Um, yeah. So so you were you were a bit more mixed on the uh, on, on the lower card stuff. Or, yeah. Or a bit more negative, a bit more mixed overall on the show. Um. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was one of my favorites. I, I just loved that it was... The, I loved that the top half of the show was as good as it was, and it was very Irish-centric. I really appreciated that. I mean, you had... Bar Joey Janela, you had all the Irish in that match. Yeah. Um, you had, obviously, Devlin winning, and you, the, the two matches with the contenders, I was just I just loved those matches. I just really loved them. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I, I'm more than happy the more spots that go for that stadium show to the Irish lads. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and I only wish I know that we say this all the fucking time. I only wish that the the, the import matches had a little sprinkle of Irish in them, as opposed to yeah. the boys wrestling the other boys. <laughs> There'd be no Irish influence in just two matches that are not OTT matches in any way. Yeah, um, and it's it's I suppose it's a it's a double edged kind of you know sword. I mean, I I was one of the people who was upset when they I wanted the Kings versus the Bucks. Obviously, because that's yeah. like the dream match. I want to see the best OTT team versus the best team in the world. And I was like grumpy when they didn't make that match. But to give the devil their due, they have a more kind of compelling, slow burn storyline match with the uh, with the match they did make. Yeah. So, um, so, to, so to give OTT a bit of credit, I think I think story wise they built some good stuff. And obviously, we praise like the Bobby George Jr. And again, Bobby George Jr. is a guy who isn't known anywhere outside of OTT. They basically they they kind of built him up from from the ground, um, and they've put him in there with Tracy, and and they've built something compelling out of it. So that's that's really good. Anyway, we can uh, we can deep dive on that card in uh, four weeks thereabouts. Yeah. Um, and we will. Uh, uh, We'll review it obviously then the week after that that's going to be all i think for for this week we've gotten nearly three hours uh we need to we need to maybe we need to maybe break off our ott reviews into their own little things rather than doing on this yeah maybe maybe anyway. yeah i mean maybe we can try that for um uh being the elite and see see if people like it um uh we can let joe go to bed i feel poor i feel bad for poor joe sitting here for the last hour that's all right. I've I've just done the washing up. And, uh, <laughs> luckily, I had my phone on. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, we will um, we will uh, be back next week. Talking is Survivor Series isn't this week, is it? 
Uh, last week, mate. You missed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, yeah, we'll talk whatever the news is. You know yourself. And also, movie guff, TV guff, all that other jazz. I need to do a, I need to do a Nathan for you catch-ups. So we'll have a TV guff next week and all that other stuff. So, uh, until then, folks, it's going to be goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's going to be goodbye from Joe Towner. Goodbye. And goodbye, Mr. Paul Griffin. Goodbye. Goodbye.